Hello and welcome to Unroll Mapping 157. I'm your host, Ann, and with me is our co-host, Jackson. Hello. And returning guest, Molly. Hello, you can't get rid of me, I'm back. You, so you've bullied your way onto another podcast. <laughs> By playing the video game and then Jackson going, wait, I didn't know you were going to play the video game, you want to come through? Yeah, it's really easy, actually. I yeah. just saw you were gaming and I'm like, I bet Molly would have a lot to say about this video game and you'd have a good time talking and we love having Molly on, so why would it's you want to come All through? Of the above. Yeah, no, no, no. I know. I'm I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying this is what happened. I yeah, just no, looked absolutely. at the thing and I was like, Jackson just divided a guess. Thankfully, it was you. Someone I like. <laughs> not someone I didn't like. I'd be like, Jackson, how dare you? Jackson, what are you doing? Well, I wouldn't invite a random person without consulting you first. Uh-huh. Just getting on Twitter, finding the first person you see, being like, yeah. would you like to come guest on the podcast? That's not how I produce podcasts. It's not how anyone produces podcasts. <laughs> well, maybe it's how someone produces podcasts. Not it's me, how though. someone does. Uh, gaming. Jackson, I think you don't have anything, so I'm going to ask you first. Do I have anything? Um, I'm going to check, but I'm fairly sure that everything is either on the prior podcast where I played four Final Fantasy games and talked about them. Oh, yeah, there um, was a Redemption Mapping that came out last week about the Fabula Nova Crystallis, uh, Final Fantasy 13, 13 2, Lightning Returns, Final Fantasy 13, and a little bit of Type 0 that you can listen yeah, to. I was not on less, that. But, but uh, yeah, I thought that podcast was fantastic. Uh, thank you so much to Aaron for coming through um, and having that discussion. Yeah. I'm very proud of it. I thought it was a very good discussion about some very interesting games. But that's that's what you were doing as of last week. Um, can you talk about the other thing by the time this goes up? When did this go up? Friday. 24th? Yeah, I think it's the 23rd next Friday. Y yes, I can talk about the... F <laughs> okay, but this can't... This can't go up. You can't put this out early. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, so, yeah, you're playing Final Fantasy VII Rebirth right now. <laughs> I, I'm playing Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. I, I have a code. Oh, you uh, did it. I'm not reviewing it. I'm not reviewing it, but I, I did get a period access to write a different essay. So I'll, I'll have an essay presumably closer to launch. Um, I only just got it, so I've just started the game. Yeah. Um, and we'll be doing that next month, like properly in our proper conversation. But I, I am. Oh, yeah. I am game next it. month. Uh, we'll announce the end of the episode, but it is, is Rebirth, obviously. We've been saying yes. that for months now. Yeah, I was going to say, that's, not, that's, that's a, known, a known factor. Uh, and you've got to hold this episode if I was wrong. I'll, I'll check the date. It is. The, the, I'll just, the erase, I'll just erase this whole section. <laughs> the review embargo is. Um, 22 uh 22nd at two o'clock in the uh afternoon my time okay uh, so, so we should be good then i can put this up normal time yeah uh but i've been playing final fantasy 7 rebirth and um i'm having a mostly good time i'm 12 hours in um, by 12 hours i mean that i uh have done one story mission and i have then spent the next eight hours going from icon to icon on the map doing some side quests and i now understand how this game is 100 hours long <laughs> They truly just made a horizon, which in, on some level is like deeply depressing because you guys are better than that. But also, uh, it still has the same combat. It has the characters I like. I'm having a good time. The, this music's fun, right? It's a, it's more of the game I liked from before. Yeah, I'll just be uh, skipping the horizon part and playing a straight through narrative video game. Uh, yeah, so stay tuned to next month for uh, like proper uh final fantasy 7 rebirth true narrative reactions yeah. uh, but so far uh, i'm enjoying the open world video game very early i can't say much um and yeah having a having a decent time uh game's fun i don't know it i got to this i mean you've you've played the demo so you know yeah. this but i got to the fucking first boss fight with sephiroth and cloud fighting a random guy uh like the 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 materia, materia keeper yeah um 
and I was doing team up attacks and managing my meters and like bouncing between party members to do uh, like special attacks in special conditions. Uh, and I was like, man, Final Fantasy 16 found dead in Miami. Yeah. <laughs> like it truly was like, oh, right. I this they had it with the a remake combat system. I know you like it less than me, but I, I, I really enjoy the remake combat system and it is back. It's just that again. They've added like a perfect dodge and parry and I think they feel good. We'll see how much they completely upset the balance at later stuff. I'm sure you could like have high level systems discussions that I'm simply not deep enough to understand. Uh, but so far, feels great. Having a good time. Video games. Yeah. Uh, that's just a little teaser uh, of I'm not hating it. Please look forward to the podcast next month. If I was hating it, we would be changing. Our <laughs> if, I was, if I was like, oh, no, like oh, this is again. a disaster. Time to pivot out of that one. Yeah, but it's not. So having a good time. That'd be mad because I already pre-ordered it. it. So I'd be pissed because that's $70 I'm not getting back. <laughs> you can't get that money back. Uh, yeah, hope everyone enjoys it when it launches in a week. And um, I, I feel weird because it's the first time I've played a game pre-release ever. Yeah. Um, Molly, you're gaming. I'm gaming. That's true. What you doing? Uh, I mostly am playing Grand Blue Fantasy Relink. Uh, that game finally came out after, you know, a decade of talking <laughs> about it. Um, pretty cool action game. Um, people, there's a lot of, been a lot of comparisons like Monster Hunter um, and that's true in that, like, you're picking a mission, you're going to fight a monster. Um, but, like, there's no, there's much less, like, focus on the crafting element of it. You're looking for drops, but it's not from, like, breaking specific monster parts that you're looking for. It's just stuff that random drops after a, a fight, you know? Uh, less less intense than that. And also, those guys explode so much faster than Monster Hunter monsters uh, that it makes it much more tolerable in that way. It seems a lot like uh, a Final Fantasy fourteen, but if it was an action game, like for real, for real, just like you're do you're you've all got different roles and you're dodging big like uh, stand on the don't stand on the bit on the floor where the fire comes on the floor, uh, but with like some combos and, and not uh, rotations. Yeah, pretty much. Um, it's uh, interesting because like I don't think there are those roles. I mean, maybe there are, and I'm just not playing with them because this it's not something you have to do. Um, I don't have a tank. I'm just up there smacking guys, you know? Like, I have four people, and we are all doing damage, and we are trying to kill the guy before it does anything cool. Um, mm -hmm. But, yes, a lot of, like, here's all the indicators on the ground of where not to stand. Here's all the little AoE things you need to jump over. Uh, they, there's a dodge in there. There's a block in there. Um, and it's pretty fun. Um, I'm playing Siegfried. So the other Monster Hunter thing is, like, there aren't different weapons you use. You don't just play one guy who has a bunch of different weapons and they play differently. You have a bunch of different guys who each have their own weapon and they play differently because of that. Um, I've been playing Siegfried, uh, who is a big, like, two-handed sword guy, but he's not the slowest two-handed sword guy. He's the faster two-handed sword guy. Um, and he has a focus on, like, perfect inputs when you're doing his combos. Um, there's a lot of other guys who just, you know, you button mash, you know, you're high, you're yah 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 the whole time. Um, but he has, like, you want to be on a rhythm. Uh, Zeta, the spear character, does that when she's doing air attacks. And you can loop them forever if you play it uh, right, which is very silly. Um, but I'm having a good time. There's a lot of dumb Grand Blue Fantasy bullshit, like, increasing the damage cap in more obtuse, obnoxious ways that takes up so many resources, but you need it to fight the guys. Um, and trying to build as little defense as possible... Uh, while still not getting one shot by guys. I have seen a schism in the reaction to that game with people who have hit Endgame between the Grand Blue Fantasy players who are used to the grind of Grand Blue Fantasy and 
normal people who were right. expecting a regular action game um, and were like, what the fuck is the, like, the specifics of the grind at the end? What do you mean I need 10 silver centrums? What's a silver centrum? And I'm like, you're a fool. You don't know anything about Grand Blue Fantasy. Uh, yeah, it seems like they truly went hard on making the endgame loop very similar to just actual Grand Blue Fantasy, but with action stuff. Um, no microtransactions, right? It's all in-game things. It's all in-game stuff. Yeah, there's no microtransactions. The other thing is like, if anybody had played Grand Blue Fantasy, they would know that these are like the easiest grinds in human history compared to the stupid bullshit they make you do in the mobile game. You want me to get two Omega Anima? Okay, yeah, no problem, Chief. I'm on it. I know that doesn't make any sense, but... Yeah, I mean, I assume it's it's worse there because it is the uh, mechanism by which they steal money from people. <laughs> uh, no, because uh, you can't buy that in game. Like, never mind then. They're just doing it for the fun. They're just doing it for the love of the game. <laughs> I mean, yes, Grand Blue. Just... Grand Blue has the meme about grinding. That's that's Grand Blue. Like, yeah, it exists for a reason. <laughs> I Most... assume the grind was like gates for monetization. No, no, not at all. The grind is in Grand Blue Fantasy. Like, <laughs> the monetization part is. Okay, I'm going to explain Grand Blue Fantasy to you for a minute. There are okay. <laughs> there are free-to-play ways to play. This is called a Magna setup, okay? You have specific summons you use that boost the weapons you put in your little, like, grid setup that increase the stats they have on them specifically. There are also versions of this that come from the gacha. So if you use the gacha weapons with the gacha summon, technically that grid is 99% of the time better. But you don't have to do that. It's, it is an option, and it is generally better, but the free-to-play setups are often just as good. Uh, okay, that is not... My, whenever I've... The one uh, gacha I've put time in was um, Ever Crisis because I want to see the story, and then Revenge Tick was on YouTube and I stopped playing it, thank God. Uh, and that's just, like, the most transparently evil one of these. Like, like there's not yeah, anything like that. Grambler is the one that actual people like and <laughs> yes. Ever Crisis. Yeah, like, uh, the yeah. only thing you can buy in Granblue, like, technically you can buy ways to upgrade your characters a little bit, but not in, like, the ways that require the long grinds. The long grinds you have to do no matter what. You're stuck with them. You cannot bypass them with money. Um, but if you are just trying to, like roll to see if you can get a specific character or you want more copies of a specific gacha weapon that's when you're putting money into the game otherwise you do not have to put money into it unless you want a specific guy uh okay so at the very least like the uh basic mechanical part of it where you are putting weapons together in a grid to fight enemies that part's not hard you can get that there's a lot of drops like it's annoying how little they drop but everybody has to deal with it not just you mm-hmm and the the console games is like a good translation of that to mashing buttons and going yeah yeah. Yes, extremely. And also like people complaining about the ten percent drop rate on various <laughs> weapons. I'm like, you guys don't know. You guys just don't know. I just as someone who's played a lot of like SNES and PS1 RPGs, I'm like ten percent drop rate just seems fine to me. It's not that bad. Yeah, really. If it's like a farmable but monster. It, it's a ten percent drop rate on a resource you need a hundred times. It's well, just okay, different. that's different. No, that's it's ten percent drop rate on a single weapon. It's not oh, okay. a resource you need a hundred times. The resource, there are a few that are like, you're going to have to grind this guy to get the one drop that he does. Um, but you only generally need one of them uh, from what I I've seen the, so far. I thought the thing with Granblue was like multiple resource grinds to like get crafting for new things. Um, oh, yes. But, in Granblue Fantasy, yes. But in Granblue Fantasy Relink, you need like oh, one that's item. Oh, that's the different. Okay, so that's the, the yeah. thing that people can play. Yes, okay, I understand yes. now. Yeah, but uh, anyway, everybody who's not played the mobile games being big babies. 
<laughs> I have no, no position on this, but it is, it's funny watching the disco spill out. It is um, also very funny because this game has been in development so long. They have the oldest characters possible in there and none of the new ones that everyone likes better than their stupid old characters. So the first two DLC characters are also like old characters. And it's like, what are you guys doing? Where's the new guys? I've been this making game's this been game in development for, like for 10 years. years. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's just a thing of like gotchas versus... Um, 3d games right like generally speaking you want a gacha to be reactive you want them to be putting out new things all the time yes they released 65 new characters last year 65 in a year they do at least for a month Holy often more shit. because of like valentine's or summer or they're not the, they're not all new characters is this including variants and costumes or is that are they new it characters? includes variants but it also okay. includes it's variants and new characters not costumes they they actually rarely release costumes huh damn grand blue it's a big box i'm like i would like to play the story one day but i uh you know i don't really want to play the game part because um not a not a mobile game person i'm, I'm um, shrugging at you it's good you can play it on your pc if you wanted to um that's good when I played it, it was too much of a game for me. I was like, oh, this actually requires some thought. I can't just click it <laughs> Oh, yeah, no, no. It's a real-ass game. Yeah. There's no VN. There's no visual novel mode like Path to Nowhere or whatever that game Kim is playing is. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I was just comparing it to, like, Love Live, where, like, there's, you know, I like the rhythm game, but, like, you know, Grambler's yeah, you like, if you're not there it. to play an RPG, what do you, like, go home. It's, it's not for you. And I was like, yeah, oh, it's I, a I real just, ass I'm game. not here for a real RPG. It's I've got enough of those. Square people. Yeah. They're here that di- it's really funny that the X Square people made the gacha that lasted, and Square can't make a gacha to save their lives. Tenth <laughs> anniversary next month. Yeah, I saw the digital fantasy for <laughs> Gravely Fantasy Reeling was like, I recommend the Gravely Fantasy anime to get caught up on the story before playing this game. I was like, I bet that's not actually true. I, I just they I actually just do recommend that, but I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't do that probably. <laughs> like, I understand you can't play ten years of a mobile game, but uh, I'd probably just let it sit. Yeah, you only have to clear, like, the first 64 chapters of the mobile game, which sounds like a lot more than it actually is. Was that uh, when the story was written? Like, yes, 64 you, chapters in? Yes, and I think they're actually only, like, 150 chapters in now because the story rate of Grand Blue Fantasy is glacial. Oh, because they keep... Anytime someone's posting Grand Blue screenshots, is that like, oh, they've done the Code Geass crossover event or whatever? It's like that in Fate episodes. Like, that's the main thing, right? Okay. Yeah. When they release a new guy, they come with a quick little story thing that you can read. Um, And then also the event every month has new story content that is not related to the, quote, main story. Mm Mm-hmm. Like going on summer vacation, and then your vacation is so bad, you end up with a shark arm and fighting zombies. You know. Hey, what happens to me? And then you get gay married? Question mark. Quest- question mark. <laughs> <laughs> happens. It happens to many. Many such cases. Uh, well, thank you. Uh, anything else? No, it's pretty much just been Grand Blue. <laughs> <laughs> just been the Grand Blue season. Fair enough. They released like three games in the last five months. So yeah, I've been in the hole. Well, not three. Two games in the last month, and also the mobile game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, all right. the I guess it's well. my turn. Gaming time. Yeah. Gaming. Yes. How much gaming have you been doing, Em? I've got seven games for you here. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> uh so I finished Prince of Persia really early, uh, and then fell down a bit of a Metroidvania hole. Um 
And so the first thing I played was Pseudo Regalia, the game from last year about a uh, bunny goat lady going through a castle, um, which is in the style of like a it feels like a like a Net Yorose PS1 game, like like indie de developed low poly areas. I know people compare it to 64 and I'm like, nothing about this feels like a 64 game to me. It feels like a PS1 game to me. Um, well, they compare it is... specifically to Super Mario 64 because of the movement. I just don't, I just don't think so. I just don't, I get it. I get why people would say that, but I think it's, I think you could be more specific than this, especially in like the level design. Um, because it's like a big empty castle that has enemies, but it's more like a, what if, um, what if like eco was a game about sick wall jumps? Um, and it's really good. It's like four or five hours long. And I, I highly recommend it. If you are into this style of game, um, there's like no story to speak of um because it's made by like one person and it's really good um yeah that's it. one i really want to play soon yep play it and then watch the um watch any of the speed runs there was one on uh games done quick that's really good because uh there's a couple tricks in that game to just like turn any sort of vertical speed in a game about jumping into horizontal speed and you just kind of break half the game that way <laughs> that sounds great uh, i would love yeah. that yeah, this is a game I would uh, love to play. This is an extremely, like, when my wrist is bad, I suit a regalia. I was high on the list because I, I want to be able to, like, truly engage with the sicko shit. Yeah. Um, the other two, three, I guess, uh, Metrovenus I played, I played Iconoclasts, the 2018 game, um, which is about a, a lady who, a, a like, over-domineering, uh, what do I want, like, religious empire makes all mechanics illegal, like doing mechanic stuff. And she's a mechanic and she's going to go fight the empire. Um, and it's got a bunch of story and like Saturday morning characters. that are a little jokey. It's kind of like how Hi-Fi Rush is kind of sometimes cringe. And you're like, well, it's not really aiming for like my interest set, but the game's really good. That's kind of Iconoclast. I don't think Iconoclast is as good as Hi-Fi Rush is because it's a uh, kind of slow puzzle Metroidvania and not a sick action game with a bunch of music uh, stuff in it. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, it's got really incredible sprite art. There's another game where it's made by someone over 10 years, just like plugging away at it. And uh, there's just a lot of like little touches to like, animation that is like worth seeing, even if the game doesn't vibe with you. I ended up like, I really liked the first half and then the second half got really story heavy. And I was like, this story is not good enough to justify the length of these cutscenes." Right. And um, got kind of annoyed by the time I wrapped it up. I would say I'm pretty down on it as like a overall experience to see through, but it was, it wasn't bad. Like, you know, I, I have a couple of friends who really like this game and I, I see what they get out of it. But um, I, you know, I hate when I feel like my time is being wasted by story. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, yeah. I mean, that was a game that I played and I, I enjoyed some of the um, just Metroidvania bits. But then I was like, I keep being interrupted by the Metroidvania bits that have story. And I really didn't like the story. And a lot of what I didn't like got edited out. Like it was a lot of the tone in the opening was just nasty. Yeah. There's uh, a lot of like weird edgelord jokes that got patched out after you had played it. So. Yeah, there was one specific joke that stuck in my mind of like some guys in a bar that I just remember being like, this is disgusting. Not disgusting is too strong. I wasn't like morally offended, but I just found it like tonally uh, nasty. And I was like, I don't, oh, it's just putting me off. It's just putting me off. Uh, and apparently that all got like edited out, just like remnants of, I assume, 10 years of development. You're much younger when you started the game, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and learning what got cut, I was like, oh, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, but I assume there's still a lot of cutscenes. It was a cutscene heavy game, and I wasn't super invested in the story. Yes. Um, then I played Monster World 4, uh, the 1994 game for the, the Sega Master System, uh, which is Monster World is its own kind of offshoot of exploratory platformers. I wouldn't exactly call them like Metroidvanias in the same way. You're not getting a double jump usually and suddenly your your level, your world's expanded in the same way. It's more like 
a mix of a RPG, not in a numbers go up way, but in, there's a town. You go to town, you talk to people, and it opens the gate to the next dungeon, and then you get a dungeon. You might get one upgrade, but um, it is an a side-scrolling platformer with some action elements. And uh, this was the the classic one that was never brought over until like the version I played was a, a Wii eShop, uh, like the Wii, what is it, a virtual console translation that had been you know put out as a Mega Drive ROM that you could just upload into an emulator. Um, and that game's fucking fantastic. If you want to play a nice, cool game from the 90s, it's really colorful and not super long. Um, got some good platforming. Uh, that's that's one. Uh, it is really funny because it's about like, it's really, it's like Shantae is riffing off of Monster World 4, really. So if you, it's like kind of got like a Arabian Nights, just like a genie in a bottle and everything's kind of like a desert town vibe. Um, but everyone's got these weird little dragon pets and it's, it's, it, the plot is a weird, but you'd be on that phone about having digital pets, but I'm like, it's, it's 1994. No one actually has digital pets yet. It's just very prescient <laughs> it's about. It's not a problem yet. Yeah, uh, it's just very prescient about like the kind of eye rolling. All oh, everyone just gets obsessed with this weird fad, and then the fad turns out to be evil. Turns out the weird digital pets are evil in this. Um, and that was a good fun. Uh, that game's really sick. It has a 3D remake that you can get on like Steam and I think Switch. Uh, that seems totally competent, but it looks not nearly as good. Um, because it's a 3D remake from a couple years ago, made on like you know a modern budget, whatever. Yeah. Um, then I played, uh, Prince of Persia, <laughs> the Prince of Persia. Maybe you've heard of it. I have. In fact, <laughs> I played the 1992 SNES version of the video game. I've also done this. Yes. Uh, which was recommended by basically everyone I asked which version to play. If I was going to pick one, uh, everyone said the SNES version, um, which I'd never actually put like serious time into before. I'd like picked it like a the original one, a couple of ports or whatever. Um, but it never just sat down and done it. Um, and I sat down and fucking did the thing. Um, Prince of Persia is really interesting. Uh, two, there's two, there's two types of Prince of Persia. There's Prince of Persia is like a, a climbing exploration game, which I think is incredible. And there's Prince of Persia is a fighting game, which I think is the fucking worst thing I've ever played. It's so bad. <laughs> um, and, uh, and even for the platforming version, I would say play, I was playing on my mister and I literally switched to an emulator so I could use save states because that's yes. the kind of game it is. <laughs> Um, because Mister doesn't really do save states. Uh, it's some so have frustrating it, at times. Yeah, um, because that's a game where you just really gotta like explore the space and be willing to fail a bunch and chug through it. Um, uh, but once you get a once you get a sense of the level and you just have a like a tear where you're jumping and climbing and dropping down and catching yourself and shit, I'm like, man, they were fucking cooking with this one. There's like ideas in that game that I didn't think were in Prince of Persia till later about like there's like a mirror prince that comes out of a mirror and you have to like do puzzles alongside the mirror prince who's kind of villainous, but then you merge them at the end to fight the bad guy. And I'm like, shit, <laughs> Prince of Persia oh, always had Prince of Persia. Prince of Persia's there. Okay. Yeah. Hey, that's the, um, the, the thing from Prince of Persia. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. It's worth seeing out. Um, it's not on this list because I haven't finished it, but I'm also playing the Tomb Raider uh, 1, 2, 3 remastered that just came out. Um, and the the line from Prince of Persia to Tomb Raider is just like one direct line, you know, uh, <laughs> in terms of that is a game about lining up very careful jumps and taking your running leaps and you, you catch yourself and it's yes. sick as hell. I prefer the Tomb Raider version. That's just who I am. But um, it's really clear, like the exact thing they're taking influence from. <laughs> Yeah, I struggle. And it doesn't a lot have with... dog shit. Uh, sword combat. <laughs> yes, my god, man, that's so bad. I yeah. struggled a lot with that original Prince of Persia. It's it's fucking cool though. Like yeah. it's a really cool game. 
there's like a there's like a goofy bit in like one of the first couple levels. I think it's actually kind of the coolest bit in the game where you're fighting a. It's the first skeleton you fight because this you know you fight weird guys and there's a skeleton you fight him and you like sword fighting him and you knock him off a ledge and he like falls off the screen but the skeletons don't die they just kind of do the like Zelda thing where they collapse and they come back a little bit later. Um, and so you kind of forget about him and you're doing the rest. Then later on, you you go you go to the screen where the skeleton fell and he's still there. And as you like begin to fight him, he like backs up into like one of the traps and gets like piston crushed. You're like, man, that was fucking that was a good setup comedy payoff bit. Yes. Uh, to introduce a great way to actually dispatch skeletons. <laughs> um. Other than that, I played Immortality again, the 2022 game, because people have been talking about Immortality because there's a big book coming out. And yeah. uh, the new the new Half Mermaid games were announced. Uh, Michael Lutz is working on one. Friend of the show, Michael Lutz. Uh, can't be can't think of a game I'm more excited for than Michael Lutz doing a weird FMV horror. Uh, I guess I don't know if it's horror, but it's probably horror. Uh, Shakespeare thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, that sounds great. That. Yeah, uh, Immortality is still cool. I like Immortality a lot. I do too. That's a cool game. Yep. Um, I played another Code Recollection uh, for the Switch, which is the just released dual pack of the original Another Code, uh, which in the West was called Trace Memory from 2005 as a DS game, and then its Wii sequel, which never came out in America, called Trace Memory R, um, and kind of repackaged by Arc System Works as like a new engine. Uh, they redid some of the puzzles, uh, tried to make one thing. Um, apparently, so I played through it. Um, it's pretty good. It's about this girl named Ashley Robbins and her dad went missing. He's a scientist. In the first game, you go to an island looking for your dad because you hear that he's alive there and you find a ghost boy and she's like 13 in that. And you just kind of go on, you're going through the spooky, lightly spooky, like for a kid's game, uh, mansion solving, you know, adventure game puzzles with this ghost boy trying to figure out how he died because he doesn't remember and where your dad is. And then the second game, uh, she's a couple years older. She's like 16 now. And you're, 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 you met your dad. He's working for, he, you were like living together. And then he moved away to work at some weird, like tech compound place, uh, in, in like on a campground. And uh, he's like, Oh, come visit. You come visit. And, uh, your dad's too busy to see you. And you're engaged in this weird mystery of this lake that was like, Oh, there was like pollution that happened here and uh, it was blamed on like this resort company and it devastated the family that ran the resort company. But maybe it was the big tech company your dad's working for. Does he know? Is he is he secretly helping to figure like uncover the truth or is he a bad guy? You don't know because you haven't seen him in a while. Uh, very like young adult fiction sort of stuff. Yeah. Um, and it was delightful. And then I, so I was playing the games and I had a good time. And each one's like I, uh, the first game's like three, four hours long. And the second one's like five hours long. Very short. It was a nice chill time. Um, looks nice. Even on a switch doesn't run great. Cause it's a switch game. Um, God damn it. They need to put out another fucking console that runs things. Good. Uh, oh, God, no, announced today that they're not, that will not be happening this year. That's happening. Next year. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it was so funny. I lost it. Hard. I was like, Oh, incredible. Um, but then I was like, I was looking something up on the Wikipedia, uh, because the Wii game, uh, cause the, 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 the original another code like this is just a wholly new game it's a different engine that was a top-down ds game it was like an early ds game um with like pre-rendered backgrounds and stuff and this is a 3d space you're running through but the wii game i know was a little closer but it had different it had like wii remote mechanics that they all took out for this um but then i was reading the story somewhere i was like wait a second none of that happened in my game and come to discover that the back like third of the game because the original creator was involved just rewrote the back third of the second game to tie up loose ends that would have been covered in a third game 
that never got made when they made the original. So it uh-huh. has an entirely like back little section. Huh. That's so yeah. huh. So now I need so, to go play the original another code R to see what the original version was like. Cause I'm too curious. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's good. If you like, you know, nice little narrative, uh, puzzle games, uh, puzzles overselling it. They're not, it's like, Oh, you know, do a light little bit of exploration in a room and flip a switch and whatever. Um, this is not riven, <laughs> you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and then the last game I played was Rhapsody, a musical adventure, the 1998 NIS, uh, JRPG for the PlayStation, uh, which I is thought you had the... already finished this for some reason. No, I played like the first half last year and then Final Fantasy 15 happened. And then I kind of didn't play, right. you know, um, and went back to it now, um, and finished it up. Cause that, ga- uh, this is a JRPG that is, uh, I finished it in eight hours, <laughs> Can't be beat. Pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Um, the, the gimmick with Rhapsody is that it is uh, musical in the style of like Disney musicals uh, and that you're like a young girl who has a trumpet that she plays and it like makes puppets in her like puppets and dolls in her life come to life and they join your party to do battle and stuff. And you want to go to the castle and uh, win the love of the prince who's having a whole contest to find his new bride. And you and your best childhood friend who's like a, a like, you know, a frilly dress wearing uh ojo sama laughing rich girl uh because she's the and she's the best character um she wants to be the queen not because she likes the prince but because she just wants to be queen and you want to become the queen because you think the prince is cute um compete for his affections as a bunch of villains show up and spoil everyone's time it's very fun i gotta say i'm on i'm on the side of the your friend just become the queen forget that prince loser well, it's yeah, it's because your friend is like because it's like a it's like a you know a Disney fantasy world, right? Um, yeah. But your friend just has two bodyguards with machine guns. <laughs> <laughs> Let's fucking go! Yeah, she's great. Uh, I love her. Um, and yeah, it's just like a cute little game. Like I said, eight hours long. It has really terrible dungeons, and you think the battle system would be really fiddly because it looks like a. I mean, it's like a tactics grid, but it's like the most straightforward for children version of that in the world. Um, and I highly recommend it. I know the, the it had two sequels that just got re-released finally for the first time in English on modern platforms. Like I got them in my Steam wish list, and for hopefully someday they'll go on sale. Um, and I'm excited to play more of that. Um, but it was really good recommend it uh the first game has like a you know a dub if you want the songs in english you can get them in english if you want them in japanese that exists too i know the sequels did not bother doing dubbed versions of the music which is a big shame yeah um but that's that's where we're at in modern world nobody really wants it 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 takes a lot it has to be a big game to get a dub (laughs) that's true yeah which is a shame yeah um nas is not in the business of giving you dubs at this point (laughs) no 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 it's just it is a bummer to me that dubs seem to be way more common. Like if the game was coming out, it was going to get a dub, but the like yeah. price, the quality work on the dubs was lesser. Um, but the trade off, I'm I was happy making. Yep, but that's it for me. A lot of stuff, obviously. Um, You've been gaming. I, well, I've been kind. Well, once I finished, I've been like, oh, I'm not going to play any RPGs between fifteen and uh, seven rebirth, and then uh, I just got antsy. <laughs> You simply want I guess to play last, RPGs when I finished, too much. When I finished Rock Revolution, I was like, no more RPGs. And then if I'm going to, I'm going to finish Rhapsody. And then I did do that. And I still played a bunch of games on top of it. Uh, I mean, like I said, it couldn't be me. I was just playing RPGs nonstop. All I'm doing is playing RPGs. I love to play RPGs. I've just embraced it. You're I've like, oh, that no, you. that's not me. I don't know how to play RPGs while playing RPGs all day. 
it's not that I don't like RPGs. I just needed, I felt like I needed a break and now I've gotten a break, but the break lasted less time than I had. So I'm a little antsy. You uh, posted for like three days. I can't play any more RPGs. And then you picked up another RPG. Look, look. <laughs> anyway, I have that made the posts. I'm just playing the RPGs. Shut the hell up. We're going we're gonna <laughs> to hit some music and then we're going to come back and talk about our game. Our game club this month is Prince of Persia The Lost Crown, the 2024 Ubisoft Montpelier developed game that came out on every platform on Earth that is relevant. <laughs> uh, that's true. It did yeah. release on everything because it runs on fucking everything. They were yep. like, we want this game to run at 60 uh, native res on the Switch. And they nailed that. So it runs on literally everything else. <laughs> that's unbelievable. Yeah. Um and was the big push. Uh, this was this, this is supposedly made by the Rayman uh, Legends Origins team. Um, yeah, I don't think it's as as clean as that. Yeah, I know. They, from the yeah, same... I think they reduced a lot, but it's like, you know, the same lineage is like a group in, in a lot of ways. Right. Yeah. I mean, it was a did. They were the people that made the Rayman games, but they were also the they till still technically are the Beyond Good and Evil 2 team question mark. Yeah, that's not a real um, game. That game's not <laughs> real. Uh, the only other thing that they've put out between um, the Rayman games is uh, Valiant Hearts. Yes. That was them as well. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. 
uh, I haven't like looked at the staff to see the exact lineage, but it is from the UbiArt engine. Remember? Yeah, I do remember. Back and they're in the like, day. we're going to make a bunch of smaller games on the UbiArt engine. Prince of Persia, not on the UbiArt engine. No, this game is on Unity. Yeah, the world's changed. Uh, one of the, the great Unity apocalypse of last year is a real bummer. So everyone's like, wow, we finally all mastered using Unity. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, Prince Persia: Lost Crown. The, yeah, we picked, exactly... this, we picked this because once they showed trailers of it, I was like, man, they're just making a fucking modern Metroidvania for consoles. Uh, real video games are back. I want to play it. And I was like, let's just do it. We were kind of in this weird period where we don't want to pick anything super long um, be- between RPGs. Uh, we were waiting for a rebirth. And, I was, and Jackson, you were like, just pick it. You want to play it? Let's do it. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, oh, it'd be weird to do two new releases back to back. And I'm like, yeah, I will. But uh, you want to play it and you're going to talk about it anyway. So you may as well do it. And there's no, we don't have a boss telling us That's what true. to do. You can just pick That's the main true. game. Right. Who could stop you? Well, we're just losing our old game cred is what I'm saying. We are. We are, that's true. That you can't argue with that one. We just gave that one up for the last next month. We're gonna have to win that back over the rest of the year. Uh, but for now, Prince of Persia: Lost Crown is the game that everyone says they want. It is a smaller scoped game by a large company uh, that's two D and is complete. Right? It's a full video game uh, with no other bullshit that works. Asterisk. It was kind of buggy. Um, and is like reasonably scoped and runs on everything, right? It is. I want the worth, the games of worth graphics made by less people or whatever. Not let's not say paid more to work less uh, because I don't think that was true. Ubisoft is still Ubisoft. Yeah, the I side, saw the credits. I saw the credits of this fucking game. Less people did not make this game. Oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a lot of people worked in the game. Um, but it, it was still like theoretically the thing people was asking for, right? Like it, yeah. they made a video game, and everyone was so mad about that when it was announced. They were so furious that Ubisoft just made a normal video game, the first one in a decade. It's really weird because it was like an intersection of things. There was the people who were like, I want a real 3D Prince of Persia, not this 2D shit, ahistorical weird stuff. Um, there are the people who are like, why does he have... Th- th- this one's a little more valid of critique. Why does he have the one black guy hairstyle that all video games have right now? <laughs> yes. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was like fraught, right? Because it was a mix of people just being racist with a mix yeah, of... Yeah, then there's the people who are being racist about him being, uh, you know, an obviously black character now. Uh, but there was like the like... You know, there are racist guys, but there's also like completely valid critiques. Like, why is Spider-Verse the only model for like black people in all media now? Like, uh, as very clearly an obvious influence, right? Yeah. Um, All that stuff was being navigated in the reception to it. Uh, I think they were pretty honest about like, yeah, the market, because I finished at some point they said, we don't control the marketing, right? Um, The game is not, because it was announced with like a trailer with like a, um, like remix underneath it. That mm. is not the tone of the game at all, really. No. Uh, the game's an anime. They made an anime game. The, the, that's what they're pulling from in the video game. They made a fucking anime. Um, and so there's a very... Not exactly what they sold, uh, but it's a good time. Yeah. It's weird because, like... Do you want to briefly do you want to briefly hit the plot of this, Jackson? Okay, I'll try to summarize the It could be really the, short. It doesn't need to be that big a deal. Yeah, the plot of Prince of Persia, The Lost Crown is you play as uh, Sargon, one of the six immortals of Persia, who are the great soldiers of Persia, uh, who like maintain its um, dominance and supremacy. Dominance is not, it's not really like portrayed as an empire, but maintain its safety against the evils of the world. Um, among this group, 
uh, not no, not among them, but like your uh, mentor Anahita like raised you and taught you to be a soldier and she kidnaps the prince she kidnaps the prince and takes the prince to mount calf uh which is this like weird mountain where all of time converges and everyone's like trapped inside and while you're trapped inside there you want to go rescue the prince um but then the leader of the immortals varan uh betrays you and kills the prince and throws him off a bridge and so the bulk of the game is about finding a way into like the heart of time inside of the mountain to go back in time to save the prince uh, which you do, and then learn that Varan is the true prince because uh, Prince Hassan, his mother, killed the king and like stole the throne. And Varan uh, is like, this is an evil thing that's been done to me, but also it just represents the like corruption of Persia. So the truth is, like the, the true thing I have to do is become like a god because the, the prince is like blessed with the powers of the Simorg. And he wants to absorb those powers uh, and use them to make a, a better world where things are, where the corruption of murdering, it's, it's generic anime stuff, where the weaknesses of men can't bring the world down or whatever. And uh, um, Sargon is like, I must, uh, through multiple versions of myself over time, become the best version of me to go and confront Varam and make him realize the error of his ways, which you do in a sick boss fight. Uh, and you uh, end up defeating him. Uh, he dies, but he lives as like a kid because of the time stuff. So like him as a child before the 30 years of being evil uh, lives, but um, Varam, the boss fight, dies and you go back to Persia and reveal the tre treachery of the queen and then just walk out to let the people deal with it. Uh, the end of the, that's the end. That's, that's the broad plot, right? I, just, I didn't really miss too much. No, yeah, that's, no, that's, that's a whole thing. Good. Yeah. Uh, so it's weird. It introduces it, it opens like a bunch of cutscenes and a bunch of characters that are done in like the modern to be reductive, the Haiti style, right? Of here are some cool yes. uh com like Western comic book derived but not comic book styled characters, right? Um and that's just like an aesthetic that I'm not particularly into. I like Hades. Mm -hmm. I think Hades is a good game, but like there's a certain there's a certain vibe in the character design that's currently going through indie games that this is like a, a broad tone that people you are into. Are the and it's Persian typically Avengers. What? I said you oh, yeah. do play the Persian Avengers. Absolutely. Um and um so I was like I was like, I don't this all seems kind of I don't this seems a little hokey. I'm not super into it. Uh but once you get into the castle and like the first one of the first upgrades you get is a, a bow that you find on a dead version of yourself that has it, right? And you're just like, oh it's it's me, but uh, with a bow. I don't use a bow. The other guy uses a bow. Right. <laughs> um and it starts getting weird about like someone you meet one of the one of the members of the mortals. He's like, we've been here for weeks. He's like, what are you talking about? We just got here. Um, that's it starts just like ticking up the cool little touches around all that stuff. Um, and then when like Varum appears in multiple timelines and you have to fight a, another prince and stuff like that, it just leans more into the Prince of Persia ideas of timey wimeyness that have always been in the series. Um to just generate this weird space where all things are possible, but only through like the mechanics of jumping and air dashing, which that's all I need. That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. Good jump. Uh, button. <laughs> yeah. Incredibly good jump. button. the platforming feel of this game is top notch. It's so good. Yeah. Um, it's weird because like, in, because the, I mean, this game has a very wildly different, differing length, depending on how much you how lost you get you know what you what you end up doing and focusing on how many pickups you get i feel like i'm probably the lowest amount of time in this game i put nine and a half hours in that's finished crazy it, to me finished at like 63 percent, i think i'm not looking at the image i posted a while back but yeah uh, i wasn't i was a little higher than 63 percent, but i was still like 
18 hours like the yeah. game's long the game's just speedy, a long speedy game. gamer speedy gamer over here um, yeah i had about the same time jackson did but i was 98 percent or something yeah to, to be fair 90 of my minutes were one boss fight um and yeah. after that i was like i'm turning the difficulty down <laughs> yeah yeah around the end of the game is uh i turned the difficulty down i was like fuck this I, this sucks yeah because i think so the biggest weakness of the game not to start by complaining is i think the combat which starts really well the left trigger parries right trigger dodges um feels great very satisfying uh but the enemy and boss design later on i feel like the enemies have too much fucking health for the they amount of combos they do uh so you're just doing the same thing multiple times um the bosses have way too much health uh, and none of their attacks can be fucking parried. Like every boss will have like one signature parryable attack as like, this is your moment for free damage rather than being built around the parry as like a core mechanic. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just end up feeling like, why did you give me the parry? Then? You made a, you made a video game, but you didn't build it around the parry. Why are none of the enemies designed primarily around like parry chains? I understand you don't want like parries to be free damage every time, um, but why do I not have to like parry four in a row, right? Like what, like like parry, like video game, like parry mechanics in video games. Um, and so I ended up like really down on the boss fights by the end. I found them really dragging things out. I like the um, uh, Darius one where they put the grappling hook into the uh, like into the arena. That yeah. was fun. So this is interesting to me because um, I never, I didn't like the parry, so I basically never used it. Um, and spent all my time focusing on Stead and like, oh, I'm going to like pelt them with arrows until they get close and then do a little hop stab and maybe an air juggle, but mostly focus on like do a ground combo, then turn to my clone that I put down before I leap- leapt over them and hit them from the other side when their back is turned. <laughs> and that works great. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did not have nearly as much trouble with the boss fights as you did, Jackson. I had a I had a great time. I love the bosses, to be honest. <laughs> But I was not I pairing would... at all. And I know some people in Discord like really focused on like chakram abilities because there's like a sh- turn your chakram into an AOE effect. Uh, and they said that just melts boss health bars. I did not mess with any of that stuff because I thought no, the chakram was not my speed. But yeah, I mean, generally speaking, I think like the upgrade stuff in this game is pretty bad. I think it's too limited for the things you can do on some level. I'm like, just make a fucking RPG. Like you've made a bunch of abilities and a bunch of ideas, uh, but the only way I can upgrade and try them is by like spending precious resources. Um, the like, I can are limited, right? So you have to pick your build and stick with it. Cause if you want to upgrade more than like three accessories, uh, you're really going to be hurting for uh, currency. Uh, I did not find in- that to be true. I bought, I bought the base form of every charm by the time I was done with the game. Well, the base form, yes, but like you, the upgrade. Yeah, but forms. by then you know which ones you want, and so you just spend the upgrade points on the ones you're going to use. Well, no, when you get a new one like halfway in, and then you're like, oh, I've already upgraded this one. I'm not oh, I just didn't. I just didn't now. commit to going deep on anything other than sword power until the very end of the video game. Yeah, I was going into sword power, but like I could have, I would love to have tried an archery build, but that would require like playing the game again. Like it would just, you can't switch between the modes of play. Oh, really, I mean, if you go back after you finish the game, you have like a hundred thousand uh, uh, crystal gems, and you can just go do whatever you want. At that as point. the person who 98 percented the video game i think there's enough items in there for you to yeah. upgrade a ton of shit you actually yeah you run out of things to upgrade at some point well sure I, yeah but like that's when you're once you're already mastering it i'm like I, if you're stuck if you're stuck halfway through the game and you're like oh i want to try a different approach you can't be like this is a metroidvania i'm going to like you know simply the night style you can 
basically change up your entire build if you want to. This just isn't that kind of game. Yeah, I, like sure. So me, like as so we're gonna talk about it, but like this is deeply inspired by evolutions, the the big games of this genre in the last ten years, like Celeste yes. and Hollow Knight, Hollow whatever. Knight. And this the, the the things we're talking about, your upgrades are basically Hollow Knight the badges, They're badges, Knight yeah. Badges. yeah. And the, one of the keys of Hollow Knight is so if you get if you get walled against a boss, you need to sit down and look at your badges and maybe rebuild your character a little bit. Um, and I think that's true in this game also. Um. The only Sometimes you just have to. What if I scrap every badge I'm wearing right now and try out, look at look at what I've got and see if anything else makes a little more sense. The main difference between those two things, though, is you don't have to upgrade the badges yes. in Hollow Knight. Yes, there no, I know. I do. I do think the upgrade that. part of that is less good. Yeah, because yeah, it's, it's less good for, for that. Yeah, because when I'm stuck against the arrow guy, whatever his name, Menelaus. Yeah, he's really weak to air juggles because he's just a man. Oh uh, yeah, but he's really hard to get in and fight him. Yes, no, because yeah. he does have a fucking like. Uh, like perfect counterattack in a way that is you have to just kind of wait for him to blow that <laughs> it's terrible i'm like if you make a boss don't do this it's this, is, design, this is like, when i turn down enemy this is when i turn the enemy damage scaler down i refuse to boss. do it on him like i was i, I was after him like i <laughs> proved to myself i could beat him like it's like fuck this fucking boss no, i don't i do not have this gamer pride i've turned that shit down immediately uh but i did beat him and then that's when i turned down the different i'm not doing another boss like that but that one i was like getting too mad i had to show that i could do it um and i and i could it was just really annoying and it wasn't it wasn't satisfying like there are games where i'm like really mad like i can be really mad at a dark souls boss right i can be so mad but then when i beat it on like greatest game of all time no one can right. ever destroy me right like you get the rush and it justifies the being pissed off beforehand yeah. but i just kind of felt like oh i guess i attrition wise beat him i did not feel a great like sense of satisfaction when i finally was able to overcome him no, and there's, there are bosses in the game that do feel that way. I felt that way about Darius. I felt that way about um, the Forest Queen lady. Yeah, that I, one's sick. The Forest Queen was the peak of the boss fights for me because I thought it was like just the right level of hard enough. Also, it's early enough that like you don't really have any of your um, badges upgraded or the badge of the amulets upgraded yet. Yeah. So you can you're still, yeah, you still you can just like hard about it. And you can switch between like I'm going to put a different yes. thing in. I don't have one at level three and one at level one. Right. That's the difference. Yeah. For me. Um, and. So I really liked that boss, and like overcoming that one was very satisfying. I was like, "Damn, got him!" Like right at the end. Uh, but yeah, the Menelaus one I was like, "Fuck this! This, this, this is getting annoying." Because the the um, the attack went like the thing is, he shoots a big bow, and you got to very very good at dodging it, which I did. Uh, and then you have to like attack when he's like right after he's fired but sometimes right after he's fired he'll be in a like reversal state that has no wind up by the way you just have to know yeah. yes when he is or isn't going to be in the reversal state because usually you've you're pressing x exactly as you're jumping over while he's in the like attacking animation before yeah. he's entered the reversal animation so there's no way to prepare other than waiting on your attack but if you wait on your attack that means that you get less damage in each time and just means the fight goes on even fucking longer i'm just like that's a terrible fucking boss. Just truly every element of the design works against each other um, oh, i use I, I use the um the clone to beam over to where he was because it was on the other side of the stage so i did not try to jump at him oh i got very good like you jump exactly when he locks on and then when he locks on then you dash out of the way of the lock on and yeah. then you get over it i was using the clone yeah. a lot more for that i was i was started using the clone but i wasn't i couldn't like integrate it into my reactive combat stuff so i was using it more like okay i'll set it down here and then when he's over here i'll like teleport behind him there's um, like such I'm, crazy stuff with the clone that i didn't even get because like there's like a bunch of big charge attacks you can do and the, the clone will do them also you just like if you if you pop the charge then drop your clone, then do the charge, and then come back into the clone. You will do this charge yeah, you attack fire again. again. Yes, yeah, it's, it's sick. 
Yeah, I didn't um, get into that kind of stuff, but I know you no. can. Yeah, I did not either. I was like, that's a little too much for me. I mostly just want to pop, jump, lightly jump over guys and stab them downwards, and then they get interrupted, and then I do an, a combo attack. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, I was doing a lot of just air juggling guys. Metal full on, was... full on Hollow Knight transfer skills. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Menelias, yeah, Menelias was the only guy that actually gave me trouble. I think I got everybody else the first attempt. I think. Um, I but don't. He's remember. an asshole. <laughs> yeah, he sucks. <laughs> I do think he's the worst boss in the video game. Absolutely. I forgave him for giving me the cool skill afterwards, though. Because oh, the, I, the just, counter? I just, yeah, the counter attack. I equipped that shit for the rest. Of I the didn't game. use it at all. I equipped it, and then I was like, three bars. I'm never using this. I killed Varum with it. Oh, sick! Yeah, it was fucking sick, dude. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's weird because like the game when they we pitched it, like there's gonna be a lot of combat, and the first half of the game I think is a, is a lot more combat focused, in part because you just don't have the capacity to move past enemies. It's like well, I gotta stop and fight this guy. Um, it's a great way to get resources, and then you know you get the air dash. The air dash is really good. Um, when you wall jump, like you when you hug a wall to wall jump, it repowers your air dash up, and that's great. Then you get the double jump. And uh, the double jump and the air dash can work in tandem at any point during their double jump. You can do the air dash. Um, they're not like prescriptive about that. And then when you, again, touch a wall or anything, it repowers both the double jump and the air dash. Um, and then you get the grappling hook on top of it and you're just unstoppable. And at that point, you just never fight an enemy. Again, you never have to you? touch the ground again. Should you choose not to? Yeah. Don't have to touch yeah. the ground. Don't have to fight enemies. <laughs> so so while I like as the game went on, got like tired of the, the combat design. Yes. Um, the exponential increase in like movement in the game yeah is so satisfying it's yeah. just so cool and they do re a really good job of designing the environments to be mostly satisfying with whatever move like because they have to design the environments for the start that only require one jump yes uh, and then by the end you can basically do infinite jumps yeah um and somehow they have to still make them interesting to navigate and they do a good job of balancing that somehow yeah. uh, it's not perfect but like it really works i mean only disappointment i guess is that you get your like full movement toolkit so late that most of the platform challenges can't really involve the grappling hook mm -hmm. yeah the ones that um, do are the best ones too that's the fucked yeah. up part <laughs> it's a fucking grappling hook everyone loves a grappling hook yeah because the grappling hook is like there are points in the world you can grapple to and it works kind of like um shovel knight uh specter of torments like little uh scythe grapple where it, wherever you are adjacent to the grapple point, you will rock it up to the grapple point and past it with all the inertia you had from the travel. Um, and it just lets you do a lot of really sick jumps. <laughs> yes. Um, I also lost it when I realized like all the wall hooks you could grapple to, like yes. all the little flying enemies, like obviously the flying enemies you could grapple to, but it was yes. so useful. Yes. Cause they're yeah, like the most annoying guys before that. <laughs> Cause it's really hard to get, especially if you haven't upgraded your uh, bow. Because I'm putting yeah. on my base. Because the rarest currency is the like base damage upgrade, and I'm putting all of those into my sword every time. Yes. Give me more yep. sword hits. Yeah. Uh, so that means my bow just fucking sucks ass. Just, just, if if there's like a low uh, HP enemy, and maybe you'll take it out after a couple of hits. But generally speaking, I'm not using the bow, which means those flying enemies are so annoying. And then you get the grappling hook, and it's like it's on now. <laughs> because so there's fun. so many bow recharge points, even though I never really upgraded bow damage. Well, I did the first time, but after that, it started costing little tablets, and I was like, I'm spent. Yeah. Those are for the swords. Um, I uh, because I had a relatively low completion rate, right? I wasn't going and uh, mopping up stuff. Um, but I did use it for enemies that I didn't want to like engage hand to hand with. I would just like pest them with arrows uh, because you just get arrows so there's the recharge points are so frequent for arrows. They're everywhere. So even if it costs 30 arrows, because I, I upgraded arrow capacity every time because that's cheap, it just caused the base currency. Um, 
I uh, always had like 30 of them to dump into a guy's face. <laughs> I simply um, did not fire the bow. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I'm mostly with Molly. I'm just like, oh yeah, I have a bow as well. Right, yes. No, I, 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 I like the bow as a, especially for anything in the air, just like hit that guy until you get the grapple hook. Because the grapple hook does the uh, Nero DMC thing where you can either pull enemies to you, you or pull them. yourself to enemies. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I I did like with the with the little flying enemies. I would catch myself trying to hit them with a sword, and then I would get on the ground and be like, "What am I doing?" And then I would shoot the bow at them. Yeah. But uh, yeah, once you get the grappling hook, it's like, okay, great. I don't have to worry about this ever again. Yep. Um. Yeah, because the uh, the game gives you like the double jump relatively late. It's like two thirds the way into the game. Um. Uh, but it is maybe the most powerful double jump I've ever seen. <laughs> well, yeah. When you're like double jumping into like you jump because okay the puzzle. The puzzle platforming stuff in this game is the part where it's like masterpiece shit. That's the stuff that I'm like, this is the greatest in the game. It's so good. Like I, say, I complain about some of the combat things and like, oh, the Metroidvania design, but no. The thing that is this that makes this game uh, a classic is that you'll get into a room and there'll be like an annoying a puzzle that looks impossible and then you'll think of a solution to it and I'm like, surely that's not intended. Surely that's made up. But it is. They do actually want me to jump and then clone and then reverse to my clone so that when the red bit comes in, then my clone's there, even though I would have moved momentum-wise, and I go back and I bounce off that to combo into the wall to do this, to uh, phase in and out the like uh, universe platforms. And the scale of the puzzle platforming stuff is huge because it's like stealing from in- a lot of indie games that are recent, right? But it's stealing from all of them at the same time. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, when you first get the clone, there's, like, the bit where there's a couple different puzzle rooms that all involve the clone usage. Because before you have double jump, before I think you have air dash still, but it's, like, relatively yes. early. Um, and those are just swapper rooms from the classic video yes. game swapper covered on a normal mapping episode two or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, uh. Which is a great game people should play, uh, which is about making clones of yourself over and over again to solve puzzles. Um and uh, that's was great. But then like towards the end of the game, when you're in, like the clock rooms where it's like all of that stuff, plus all the other things you already have on top of it, um, it really expects you to build on learning the lessons of what you've got and what you're capable of doing. Um, and sometimes you'll just be like, oh, right. I, like, why, why can't I figure? Oh, right. I need to clone. <laughs> that's clearly yes. the obvious yes. solution. The clone <laughs> is always the, the solution I stopped thinking about. <laughs> there was the um, time rewinding one uh, with the three paths. Mm-hmm. And I tried to do it like 10 times. Being like, okay. So if I get there, if I make it uh, and and do all the, the first two quick oh, enough, the, the one where you record yourself like a uh, talus principle, you're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah the talus principle one in the yeah. statue. You got the three, you three version yourself in the statue. Yeah. Um, and I kept thinking I have to like because it was the one with the where you stand on the platform was one and it opens the door for the other one. Mm-hmm. And I got really good at timing it just right that maybe I could get to the end and then run all the way back and somehow open all the doors. I thought I had to do it twice. I thought I had to go there and back. And then the the second to last guy could run and open the gate so then it could open the final gates. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then we went, oh, I can just clone. And that was really... I I got so good at almost doing that without the clone. Uh, I bet I could have made it. That's the worst thing. I could have made it. I would have to like really perfected it and it got really annoying but i probably could have done it that's the worst part <laughs> but luckily i remember the class but that's the thing is like this game is celeste right it's celeste it's hollow knights um it's the swapper it's all these things but like it has the celeste platforming bits about like here's a bunch of spikes and you've got to do the dash into the jump and all these things but then it also has the swapper mechanics and then it also has like i don't even know what game like it has the fucking titanfall 2 uh, time travel platforming but I, i'm sure there's a better pull than that but for the imaginary platforms oh just the else. ab switch guys yeah yes yeah uh 
but uh, I don't know exactly. Like, um, is that in a big well, indie game for the last when decade? It, when, it, when it's when before you can control it, I the thing that made me think of like 3D Mario Land, right? Yeah. Um, so but once you, you can control it, it, literally becomes the Titanfall thing. Yeah. <laughs> right. Or, or uh, Prince of Persia: The Forgotten Sands, classic Prince of Persia. Classic game video game. Classic video <laughs> game. Hey, hey, what if we stole from ourselves this time? <laughs> yeah. Because that's that's a game where you have like time freeze powers. Um, mm-hmm. It's like a side sequel to the um, Sands of Time, but it's ba- it's like a, the movie tie in. So it looks like Jake Gyllenhaal Prince, but it has like a whole thing where like because you have time freeze powers, you're like leaping through waterfalls, then freezing the waterfalls to be walls that you wall jump up. It's exactly the same thing. Oh, that's yeah. that is the same thing. Yeah. yeah. But th- this is the thing that like that we have an email that's like, is it, is it ethical to steal indie game stuff? And I'm like, well, it's all art on some level. Um also, like too, uh, too most of the idea of a lot of the mechanics of jumping and moving through these spaces was invented by video game Prince of Persia, Jordan Mechner's classic. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> yeah. But if like, any series is allowed. Um, the thing that like it is sad to admit, but the thing that the scale gets you, the thing that you can't get from the smaller game, the thing that like this being made by a multinational corporation gets you is it can be all of those games at the same time in one puzzle room, right? Yes. You can have a Celeste puzzle room go into a like suddenly you need to do a clone bit but then you need to do a titanfall wall jump bit uh into a grapple hook a swap a bit back into a celeste um uh spike and it, bit in and it one does all that without room. necessarily losing its own identity as a prince yes. of persia game right yeah but like the the, the breadth of different yeah. like like i said they're literally every little mechanic has at some point in the last decade been the like crux of an entire successful video game yes but they're just each a metroidvania upgrade at the same time in the same puzzles combined comfortably yeah uh, and that stuff's just like shockingly impressive i'm kind of in awe uh and that's that's like so that's the thing you get when you make when a massive company makes a metroidvania and i'm surprised it works so well because usually if you told me oh well, ubisoft made a metroidvania i would expect them to like lose the spark of that design yeah uh, but it doesn't at all uh, they, somehow they, this team nailed it yeah yeah even though it has the modern accoutrement of there's three different currencies and some of them are annoying and uh, too many upgrades and yes i wish i wish it was just a real rpg please i just want to level up also all of the like all of the badges are a little bit too expensive for the most part when you're equipping them like you either have to give me more spaces to put badges or you have to make these cheaper like this is i just do not have enough shit here yeah yeah i would just uh, simply much have preferred uh stats that i can change and build i I just wouldn't i I would be happy with the version that doesn't have badges doesn't have mechanics doesn't have levels you just get the powers and you finish the video game a metroid just just balance the video game (laughs) yeah like increase your health increase your potions or whatever but i don't need to up my stats i get a instead of upgrading my sword i just get a golden sword at boss three and then i get a a platinum sword at boss seven yeah Mm mm-hmm which is like one way of solving this problem is the 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 uh, the arc is static. I mean, it doesn't allow for like experiments and whatever. Like, I'm sure that people have builds they swear by that I would never use. Right? The, 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 there's like a a modern idea that like expressivity through like individual how I choose to approach combat is a valuable thing. Um, I just don't value it. <laughs> I would just like the no. game to d- dictate what I how I'm playing, please. <laughs> I mean, I do appreciate that in some games, but the thing is here, all the best parts are the most authored platform bits yes, where I am yes, solving exactly. a puzzle made by a designer, right? Yes. Someone is guiding me on a tour through a space. Uh, they're playing jokes on me, right? The, the, yes. I'll do a jump and they'll know I'm going to do that jump and that's the wrong jump. Stuff like that, yes. uh, which is like the joy of platformer level design. Uh, and that's when I think the game sings at its most. 
Oh, the one the one uh, infamous trap room that takes like five minutes to go through oh as you're hit by wave after wave of spikes coming out of the it's walls. It's so mean. It's so and every time it's like, oh, I'm, I thought I was done multiple times. And then like, oh, here's another wave. And then it killed me and I have to do the whole fucking thing again. Yes. <laughs> like, are you fucking serious right now? Uh, there's so many good little um this is little twists of yeah. that kind of level design. There's one early on, which I can only describe as the Resident Evil movie laser room, but with um, uh, spinning blades. Uh, which one the, is this? It's a, it's a side quest. You get to a big chest and you go to the chest and you open the chest and then the door shut and then two oh, blades. Oh, yes, that's the oh, first yeah, trap is, room. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, oh, is that the same room? No, no, no. We're talking about the one way later that's like oh, yeah, yeah. way like ten waves of different like, Oh, I didn't find the ten wave one. For this one. Yeah. I didn't find I the ten wave one. I just found the first one. I took a video, one. Jackson. I will link it to you because I'll it is ridiculous. Because I only found the first one, and even then I died one time. So I just went on a little look. Guys, just like, oh, stand at this part of the room and then jump over this, and then you gotta go to here, and I'm like guys, so I'm glad they turned that up to eleven and then at the end of the game. That's ludicrous. It's rude. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's really funny because each uh, each time I would die, uh, and then after you have to do a whole thing. Oh, you have to do it in one go because there's no way out of the room once you're in it. Um, ridiculous nonsense. Um, yeah, I was gonna say one of those that reminded me of that. Now I don't remember what it was. That's the worst part. Shit. Uh, Keep going. And you also get like the fun Metroidvania stuff of I don't know where to go or I must be this way, and it's not the way. But you get a reward at the end of it, and you overcome a satisfying challenge. It leads led to one situation for me where I was stuck in a room for ages. Um, and it was really annoying me. And I went both routes and both of them just had a little coin at the end. It's like, fucking damn it, neither of these are the way. Uh, yeah. After trying to get through it for ages. But that the, was fun in its own way. The top of the sacred archives. Yeah, the top of the sacred archives. But I, I, I didn't uh, get the coins and get all the way back, but I did get to the coin uh, on both of them. And I was like, these are... working out how to do the clone bits in that room was so satisfying when I was like, there's no there's no way they want me to like go over the square where the red block comes in and then clone back when it will be there when i am no longer there yeah they uh, want you to do that a lot actually yes <laughs> um, i got i got very good at it by that time um one of the ones of those like the the comedy bits that surprised me is the first time you go into the archives you find the the, the scholars there and they're just like looking at things on like they're yeah. like they're like librarian guys it's like oh npcs just normal guys talk to and then you go like one room over and there's another one of those guys but he's gonna attack you <laughs> yes and he's like there's like a they're actually like an enemy type that throw like weird little like bombs like you know alchemy bombs at you but the first room doesn't have them attack you until you go back into it and then they'll attack you yeah the introduction to those guys is very funny like, yeah the first is like weird guys but they start kidding you you're like ow what yeah that sounds very good um i also like the uh the puzzle involves like grabbing one of them and bringing them back to the room because they're like on pillars um all of the weird like pocket and enemy for later just uses a projectile is is good i wish that had actually been used a little more because they was... mostly use it for bombable walls but i do think it's fun the, the couple there's like one puzzle there's a couple puzzles where you have to bring an enemy into a specific room that's like asking for the enemy and i think those are really neat yeah because they're bigger uh... than like one room puzzles they're like oh you have to understand the idea of a dungeon <laughs> there was a um did you do all of the uh, numbered room puzzles? I did not get all of them, no. One of them is you have to grab one of the big statue guys yes, from the end I did and do drag him all the way yes, back. Yes. It's so good. Yeah, because uh, you have to bring him into a room with a crusher that has those like statues standing there. So you know yes. it's, that, that's what they're asking for. But you have to go get that guy and pocket him and bring him back. <laughs> the I first was shocked. Time, 
when they gave you the pocket dimension power. Yeah. I, I was expecting that just to be like a bomb upgrade for my arrows or something. And then they're like, no, you can just kind of grab everything in the environment. And I was like, excuse me, what? I wish they had also given me the bomb upgrade for the arrows because the most annoying use of that power is when I have to blow up a wall. <laughs> yes. I'm like, I already know what to do and I already know how to do it. I just need to go find a thing to bomb the wall. Uh, All the critical like, paths of one of those are like, there's an explosive guy in the room, but if you go hunting for secrets, uh, there are not always explosive guys right, anywhere yeah. nearby. You just need a bomb at all times yeah. and you can only stack one. I'm like, you could just give me a bombable arrow. Like, I, yes. I don't think that part is interesting. I think the like puzzle uses are fun and interesting, uh, but the part where like you just need to blow a thing up and you don't have a bomb on you that can get a little annoying um but the first time you find one of those numbered puzzles because you keep finding them across the game you don't know what they are and the first time i came across them i just was like oh i'll figure out what to do this later um but they're not they're not like i mean so you do need late game uh mechanics for some of them but mm. they're not like it's not in the same way of like oh this is obviously a grapple hook room i will do this when i do the grapple hook uh some of them you can solve instantly and you just don't know what to do they're kind of like the, the witness in that way i guess yeah. um, it's just an environmental thing and you just have to figure out what it's asking from you and like the part where i i looked at that big grid of the red the red blocks and i was like if i bet if i i bet if i uh clone at the right moment i can get all of these blocks out at the same time oh i didn't um, i didn't do that yeah. one because i literally was like maybe i'll get a double clone at some point and never went back once i realized i was not going to get a double clone um no it was like when i got the double jump and the dash and i was like okay I, I could do most of these you don't actually need all of them you need like all but two. Oh, okay um there's a, I did another room that has the pattern in the background oh okay oh there was a pat there was a specific pattern yeah, there's a sp specific pattern they want you to make. You can see it in the background of a room, like three rooms to the right of it or something. I simply was like, kept trying and eventually it worked as I tried to get you all of them. <laughs> you accidentally hit the pattern, yeah. Never mind me. Um, uh, the one Then there was another one where I was I uh, was like, hang on, there's a big circle there. Can I? And then I throw the like glaive at it and it just totally unlocked the chests. That was yeah. very satisfying. Um, Is that the, that's the chakram one at the end? Where you have uh, that to, was like, one of them. Line up all the statues. Is so oh, I do cool. like the one where you have to get the perspective. I wish there was yes. more of that stuff. Yeah, the, since that was, since, I did that one as well. But I was thinking yeah, of the earlier ones. Since they are fully three D environments, there is a lot of weird parallax going with the perspective, and I wish there was more like that. Because that literally is a witness puzzle of when you yes. line this all up, it turns to the thing that you know you can throw a shocker mat. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. Um, the 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 general look of this game is also just like fantastic. I think like uh, they deliberately like okay. We want it to run on the Switch. So we have 3D enemies and models. And the base level of the environment, like the front level, is 3D. But whenever there's like background layers, they're all different 2D parallax layers. Yeah. Um, and that looks incredible. I just think that that's like a really good look. It's clearly saving on performance space. You don't have to like model a detailed 3D skybox. Yeah. I think it's uh, like relatively modest most of the time, but then you get to like the upper city and it's just fucking yes. beautiful. It's uh, the upper city stuff is incredible. <laughs> Yeah, I, there's definitely times where I'm like, I'm running around the gray rooms and I'm just well, yeah. jumping it, on gray blocks. Everything about the weird like sewer levels. I'm like, this is, no one wants to be here. No one <laughs> wants to be in the sewers. Yes. Yes. No, that's true of all games. Universal you truth of sewer level levels. In? Every game has a poison level. Stop I never... it. I do and appreciate like... the guys who just burst out of the background as they like kick open the little like face grates and like, here I yes. am. Blah. <laughs> the stuff there's so many just little touches for enemies and the powers but there's the when you're going through the sewers and you finally realize oh i can beat those big guys by um the like dash at me by running uh, close to them making a clone let them yes. dash back towards me then i dash through them and hit their behind uh so satisfying figuring yeah. that stuff out 
speaking of incredible level design, the fucking Frozen Sea. I was oh. in awe. Holy it's shit, so dude. It's so cool. It's incredible. Because it like has no gimmick other than it, you You go to this area and it's literally like a frozen naval battlefield that's been stuck in time. And like light, it's full on Revenge of the Oberdin, like lightning striking boats yes. and pieces of wood flying up in the air. Uh, but it's all like stopped. Um, and it's just an area you run through and fight guys in normally. But uh, it looks so fucking cool. And then using like bolts of lightning for like the, the limits on which side you can go. To, yes, it's, it's so cool. Yeah. I mean, that that, that area had like. The, the jellyfish with the lightning that were like timed platforming bits. Yeah, those are just Super is, Mario guys. <laughs> but that's a completely unique mechanic to yes, that area. Yes. I didn't find those guys anywhere else. No, yeah, no. Uh, only there. And it's like a whole new platforming mechanic that's just in the like about four screens. Yeah. Uh, just um, excessive. Well, it's also the area that has, outside, before you get the grappling hook, it's the only area that has like intense, nothing around you, like air, like vertical platforming, right? Because yes. this is mostly yeah. not a game about vertical movement, except for the two areas of the game where it is. <laughs> and what it is, it's about wall jumps. Yeah. Um, but that's about precariously picking your way up platforms that are like time because they'll shock you if not. Um, you can kind of just soak the shock a little bit. Yeah, you kind of just can eat it and it's fine most of the time. Um, but I, yeah, I love that stuff. And then the um, towards the end when you're on the like cliffside once you have the grapple hook and it's all the grapple hook stuff i think that's like that area is just so big and you just fly so far every time you do stuff yeah that stuff's great (laughs) yeah going up that um that like final ice mountain yes uh is really satisfying and just the the things they have you start doing and the ways it's like because that's the the best area in the game in terms of this one is the one area where outside of optional pathways we 100% know you have every ability yes uh, so they will just start chaining shit together you're just going to be having to do dashes into wall jumps into clones into grapple hooks into all these things um like while you're so dodging satisfying. the falling boulders while you're dealing with the oh. platforms that have spikes on them yes are uh, the the falling boulders that are timed and then like they still introduce new things because they introduce the platforms that you can drag down and those uh yes like with the at different hug. points you can get out through different paths um it's just layered in constant stuff just stuff uh yeah very very cool climax um for the like the final platforming area yeah uh and then you fight some bosses you know yeah. you fight you fight uh what's his face again uh varum um because you fight him at the middle midpoint of, eh, it's a little early it's like maybe a third in you fight varum the first time it feels like it's the midpoint but it turns out that game goes for a while um yes. it's really funny because you're meant to lose but i i know me and molly both other thing where we almost beat him normally legit and then he just had to fucking yeah. cheat <laughs> i almost got there as well because i was yeah. it, early it's early enough i'm like he's still basically parryable his attacks are not that confusing yeah but um yeah the other thing Uh, is the combination of just like the sword damage up amulet plus the sword damage in the air amulet up uh are both incredible you just shred people yeah yes um but yeah, so you come back to Varum in this exact moment, because this is when you go back in time, you're going to save the prince. Um, and it's you and yourself from the first time you fought him fighting him. And if, like, if you're wearing the, whatever costume you wore when you fought him the first time is that costume. So I had like two different colored princes at that point because um, I moved from the white costume to the purple costume um, fighting this guy who now has way more time powers. But you also have a lot more powers and it's fucking sick as hell. It's so cool. Yeah, it's really cool. Um because that first Varum fight is really uh, interesting to me in that somehow they made an unwinnable boss fight where both 
versions like work uh in that usually right if you beat the unwinnable boss fight you just get a cutscene and you're like okay we'll, we'll pretend it was fine um but here it's like if varen kicks your ass that works narratively if varen doesn't kick your ass and cheats with the time powers that also works narratively they both like serve what they're doing it doesn't really matter which outcome you get yes uh, it was just like it was a small thing but um just a level of uh care to thinking about how to like integrate that stuff uh that was surprised me i guess yeah um but uh, that is- fight is also buggy as hell uh, the first time you do it, it is extremely buggy. I watched oh, really? Ashley do it, and it just enti- it, she didn't get the cutscene. The thing just broke. It was stuck oh, in the engine, so weird. like the guys were just running around on the screen, but she couldn't move. Like, and so like you got a little bit of it, but it was it was it's busted, busted sometimes. Okay, I, yeah, I played don't... entirely after the second patch. So. Yeah, so you had a very clean experience. I had the the Moon Guy quest for me because uh, I played on PS5. Jax, you played on PC, right? Yeah, I've got to play on Xbox. So I, I bought Ubisoft Plus to play it, and that supposedly worked with Xbox. But uh, no, it does not. It does not work with Xbox. The many complaints from many people being like, "What the fuck does this link to my Xbox account? It's synced to the Ubisoft account. What's going on?" Uh, wasn't going to solve that. Played on PC. It was fine. Okay, Molly, what'd you plan? I also played on PC. Okay. Um, so when I got the, the moon guy quest, uh, when I went to the quest taker, it would just like f- hard lock the game. Like not like, like not in that it's frozen, but like I couldn't, no button presses would advance any of the dialogue in the middle of his thing. And the solution everyone had online that worked for me was I had to uh, hold down the PlayStation button, disconnect my controller, reconnect my controller. And that would allow me to advance the text box by one. So I had to do that for the entire oh little God. side quest cutscene. <laughs> oh my I, God. I had this with the pirate captain where, yeah, I would, know the pirate captain was yeah. really broken. So you talk to him and then um, like when the dialogue is done, the game does not think you're done with the dialogue. So you can't move. You can't do anything. The way you fix it, I found online, was you go in, you tab out, you disconnect from Ubisoft, and then the game is like, hey, wait, you disconnected from Ubisoft. You're like, I know, it's fine. And then you have to run back, save, and then close the game and open it again. It's, it's I'm so happy ridiculous. I saved this. I saved this game for the last week because <laughs> it was a patch. didn't fix everything, supposedly, but I had a totally clean experience. And like one crash but besides that, that i didn't have many bugs it like little things here and there but like the pirate captain one was the only one where i was like oh i am soft locked i can't do anything the one thing I, for me is the little um like chest indicator and a little like white light that's on interactables would yeah. follow would like disconnect from the thing it was attached to and like follow me room to room for a little bit sometimes <laughs> <laughs> just like stuck on the screen that's a funny one at least yeah that's a yeah it was not it was not a big deal but i was like what the hell is going on here yeah um but yeah i do uh the the varm fight where you come back and fight him is really good because also you've uh been arkham asylumed by getting injured and like there's like a cut on his shoulder and he's all scuffed up and rough looking by the end and so it's you way cooler and you from the past fighting varm again and that's always sick love it yes it's cool as hell i don't know why that hasn't become like a if you've got a 3d character model of a video game why do you not batman him where he over the course of the adventure gets a little roughed up <laughs> Yeah, it always looks cool. You got to make unique models every time because yeah. you can't rough things up. They all take up a unique bit yes, of storage. That's true. That's true. Well, they but should it do is that. Sick. <laughs> I mean, I, most uh, like big games do that. I feel yeah. like. Well, it's weird because it kind of has to be a game that takes us over one night, right? That's true. So yeah. I think of like I think of like Uncharted doing this, but I don't think The Last of Us would do this because The Last of Us is really like expressed like long in terms Last of, of us time. Two does this. Yes. Oh, okay. I've not played Last of Us 2. I've not played it either, uh, but I've seen like 
it's not over one night, but it is over. There are different sections over one night. So I've seen like Elliot. This period is super fucked up from all the shit that's been going Good. on. Good. I like this. Is, I just like this as a character, but it usually comes out of those style of huge. Pre- like you know, Arkham yes. Asylum is a huge prestige three. It was like invented a genre. You don't really see it in games like this necessarily because this. Yeah. Like we like yes. this game obviously, but this game was already full of people going like, "Why would anyone pay fifty dollars for a two D game? Not worth it." Ter- you know how we're, everyone, when you read the reviews of Symphony of the Night and everyone's like, oh, the PlayStation's really not put to effort here. Like, uh, we got this 3D console and this terrible throwback 2D game. Old game, bad game. Why would anyone pay money for this? You know, like, they just didn't know what they had. People were ignorant. Still the same thing. Yeah. No one's learned anything. <laughs> I mean, like, I understand if you like this game is too expensive. I don't necessarily disagree. I paid $15 for it because they let me on Ubisoft Plus. I paid a full price Ubisoft for it Plus. and I was happy to do so, but I get it, right? But like, um, but the people are like, it, it's not, it's like inherently not worth it because it is a 2D yes. game is like, just like, have we learned nothing? Have we learned nothing? Yeah, because yeah, the thing is like, if you want to say video games are too expensive as like a medium of, of yes. like entertainment for the masses, 100% agree. If you want to say this game specifically is too expensive because it doesn't have 3D graphics, it's like, no, I would rather pay 50 quid for this than whatever Sea of Thieves is, oh, not the, the Ubisoft Sea of Thieves. The uh, Skull and Bones. Bones. Skull like, and Bones. There's no universe in which that game deserves more money. I'm sorry. It's just not true. <laughs> it's just not true. It's just not true. Uh, and to be fair, that one is getting roasted alive. Um, but even, I'm just trying to think of like a generic, like, What's an expensive video game that people Spider Man Two like? Spider Man Two, yeah, right. I'd way rather pay full price for this than Spider Man Two, even though one of them costs three hundred million and one of them costs significantly less. Uh, because I know the game, they're just video games to me. They're both about the same length, uh, and this one's probably better. I haven't played Spider Man Two. Maybe I'll like it. Maybe the swinging um, assist meter. Uh, being able to turn that off will improve my problems with Spider-Man 1. I don't know. I'm not really interested in trying it to find out. Um, maybe I'll find out one day. Uh, but the idea that like because it is like a 3D game with more money behind it, that makes it worth being more expensive is just not a thing I subscribe to. Yeah. 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 It's just weird to see people, uh, lessons not learned, uh, what people value is so busted. I don't, I just don't understand the idea that a 2D game is worth less. I mean, even beyond that, the, you, the, you saw the Xbox thing, right? It's just not to have topical game discussion on this. If you're listening to two years later, don't worry about it. But uh, Xbox porting four games to other platforms. And the phrase was like, two live service games and two smaller games. And one of the smaller games uh, is probably Hi-Fi Rush. They didn't specifically say, but everyone, it's Hi-Fi Rush. Yeah, it's Hi-Fi um, Rush and Pentiment, right? <laughs> I don't, am I crazy? Hi-Fi Rush is not a small... That's a normal video game to me. That it's a, a 3D game. game. It's, the, it's maybe <laughs> yeah. the most normal video game. Like, there's 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 parts you're like, oh, they definitely cut some shit out of this. But I think that's true. Principal person. Also, there's like one member of the Immortals that clearly was going to be a boss fight that got cut somewhere. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's, at the, it's, at, it's at the one constellation where no one's there. You get there and you're like, I guess I'm just going to fire the arrow. Let's go home. <laughs> <laughs> but like, Hi-Fi Rush is like... Uh, somewhere between 10 and 15 hours long uh has a bunch of action game boss fights is a full video game uh yeah. i don't understand what the fuck people are talking about when they're like that's just, that's, not a, that's just a smaller game that's not like a real game like halo i'm like but i don't i guess i just don't know i don't know what the like ineffable thing is i know it's budget on some level but when it comes to the culture to like deciding i don't understand what the thing that turns a small game into a big game is anymore i'm too old that's a normal ass video game that's, that's yeah. a video game yeah 
is the most video ass video game. I understand why people look at Pentiment and go, that's a small game. Um, I'd rather play Pentiment than basically any $60 game that's ever been released in the history of the world. But you gotta <laughs> play Pentiment. You gotta I mean, play yes. Pentiment. Obviously defending Pentiment here as well. But I'm like, even even by your standards at all, the real games are 3D games with like proper animation and graphics and stuff. Yeah. I don't understand how Hi-Fi Rush is yeah. just because it's slightly cell shaded, it's just as hard to make that. It's yeah. not easier. What are yeah. you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, I, I don't understand at all. Everyone's lost their senses. <laughs> yes. Uh, yeah. Um, do we have more things about Prince of Persia? Um, I don't think so. I think that's no. everything. Varum last boss fight was pretty cool. He does just turn into a weird anime god and you get anime self-idealized and beat the shit out of him. It's very Yeah, brutal. I was like, I didn't think this game was about that, but okay. I was laughing because so, I've played like six Final Fantasies in a row and I'm getting a little sick of <laughs> at the end of the game the guy turns into a god and is like I will destroy human weakness and make a better world and, you should play Pentiment that doesn't happen in Pentiment that's not a spoiler oh, to say god. that doesn't happen in Pentiment <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and this happening again at the end of this game I was laughing so hard. I was like it's happened again I thought this French Metroidvania would not be doing this but no here we are uh, we're back uh, I think as one of those go, I think it's a good one of those. I do like the relationship between Saga and Varum, uh, even though I think it's a little annoying when Saga's like, you've given up on hope, brother, come back. I'm like, has he? He just wants oh. to fix the problems. Did you guys um, find the part where Sargon is also the thir- the secret third prince? No, what? No, what? Yeah, Sargon is uh, is Tamiris's other kid who she replaced because she didn't like him, I guess? There's a guy you find who's called the Hermit, and he guards, like, the uh, last... It's a quest called the Impossible Climb that is easier than most of the yeah, Silent yeah, no, Mountain I, I or met, whatever. I, I met the Hermit. So if you beat his quest, he talks to you about how he's held you in his arms before because he was the previous uh, physician for Queen Tamiris. Mm-hmm. And uh, he was like, hey, this isn't the baby uh, who is Hassan, is the baby that uh, got replaced, or is the replacement for Sargon. Um, and they exile him for saying like hey you replaced your baby and she's like fuck you get out Uh, so that's how you find out that you're actually a secret part of the royal lineage so I was waiting the entire fucking game to find out I was the prince of Persia all along yeah me too literally if you get all the sand and like finish up the prophecy and then get all that stuff and then go talk to the hermit and finish his quest, uh, you get, you get confirmation of that. Yes. Okay. Cause I was like, I must, surely that's where the game's going. And then it didn't happen. I was like, Oh, I guess I'm not the Prince of Persia all along. But the answer was, I just didn't do enough side quests. At the end yeah. You didn't do enough side quests to find out that you were in fact the Prince of Persia all along. That's very funny. Cause yeah, it's real goofy. Everyone's the Prince of Persia in this game. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's it, <laughs> Varum's the Prince what? of Persia. Hassan's the Prince of Persia. You're the Prince of Persia. A lot of princes of Persia over here. But yeah, the, the prophecy keeps talking about three princes, and I'm like, okay, well, I know Varum's one, I know Hassan is one, so clearly that leaves me. I was not de- in detail reading all the logs. that you No, neither was I. I will confess <laughs> yeah. this truth. There is a lot of lore in this game that you can tr- you can like discover a lot about Darius's lineage and everything, uh, and what went wrong, and how it all fell apart, and all these things. And I read a couple, and I was like, I'm going to be platforming now. Uh, I want to be yeah, doing some jump puzzles. The only reason I got that was was because like the Hermit is explicitly about that, and I did yeah. his little stupid little quest. Uh, the 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 uh, Dark Hill stuff is very funny to me because the game is not, I would say, not redrawing from that at all, except in the Darius boss fight where he literally stands up as like the oh, it's, zombie. Yes, it's, oh, it's like, so sick. 
Lord of the Fallen King. I'm like, I was here before, and now I pick up my old sword. And he just does a Dark Souls intro <laughs> boss fight cutscene. Dark Souls thing to you. It's so cool. Yeah. I'm like, this game has not been pulling from that well at all, except there's one moment where he's like, hello, have you heard of Dark Souls? And I'm like, yes, I have. I do like it. Thank you. Uh, I like that boss fight because most of it's about uh, using the grab hook to stay in the air for minutes at a time. Yes. And I was like, this is yes. all I want to do in life. That's so true. That's video games. Um, All right. I think that's it, right? I believe yeah, so. Yeah, that's it for real now. Okay. Uh, we're going to hit the music and we'll be back with some questions.
If you would like to send questions, you can send them to abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. They can be about any game, not just what we're covering. In fact, we love general video game questions. Uh, they're my favorite. Uh, first one's from Alva. Uh, Jordan Mechner's first Prince of Persia appealed to me at the time because it evoked a sense of Errol Flynn, Voyage of Sinbad that felt cinematic. Wish this new game had evoked uh, an imagined era of Persian tokusatsu, but I guess I can't have what I want. I would uh, say it's not that far off from that. It's kind of doing it that. It could be a little more tokusatsu. It could go a little more. Yeah. They need suits. Yeah, they need suits. I'm just saying we are clearly in an era of li- everyone who is a fucking weeb is now making stuff in the West. That's yeah, that's true. Like, you know, Creed 3, right? Like they're, yes. they're making Hollywood movies that are just, hey, you seen that sports anime? We're making that now. Um, I enjoy the Lost Crown holding back the expected double jump. What mainstay Metroidvania mechanics do you think a game could benefit from either delaying the introduction of or excising completely? And what could be put in their place? Uh, there's a PS here. I can't remember if you mentioned this before, but for years I thought the Abnormal Mapping podcast art was a vaporwave Margaret Thatcher and couldn't understand why you chose that. <gasps> oh my god, that's funny. <laughs> no, it's a it's a Beethoven. Beethoven, yeah. Because it's Ludwig von Gold game, which is an idle thumbs don't, joke that don't, nobody cares don't about. Explain, don't explain <laughs> it's it. It's 10 years old. It's 15 years old at this point. Don't explain our stupid idle thumbs reference in our logo. I mean, it's not our logo anymore. It is on the that's email, true. but like we don't use it for anything else. That's true. I guess it's on the Patreon, but like, whatever. Things we haven't changed in six years. Yeah. Uh, so here's the thing. I'm impatient. I hate not having the thing. I'm like, uh, the entire time I didn't have a double jump, I'm like, give me the double jump, give me the double jump, give me the double jump, which <laughs> does make it more satisfying when I get the double jump. I will completely admit to this. It makes it very satisfying to finally get the double jump. Um, but I can't think of a thing that I'm like, oh, I should hold it back more. I want the double jump. Please do, give it to me. I want the upgrades. I need the upgrades, please. I want to be able to do the exploration part. I'm trying to think of it like from a holistic lens. What do I want? cut it's hard to think about prompted from this game because this game i think every upgrade justifies itself really well yeah um ultimately i do think like the metroid thing where there's like six different guns that all boil down to this gun can kill this colored door yes Uh, yeah when they're functionally the same like this is my answer as well i don't need super missiles i just missiles is fine i you know i don't need power bombs bombs (laughs) just regular missiles is fine please (laughs) I understand it's all lock and key stuff, uh, but I'd like a little more creativity. Like the one where it's like, you can only climb this wall uh, with like the grappling hook into the clone, which can then go over this bit, right? Like that kind of stuff. uh, I much prefer than uh, this door has a different level of armor to this door, even though like game design wise, they're basically the same. Yeah. That's true. Uh, Okay. Oh, this one's a long one. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, this is from DW. Uh, I'm playing through Star Ocean 2R. I'm going sicko mode. As soon as I unlock skills and crafting um, to basically make my character super overpowered. It's great. This is all I wanted. Um, similarly, I've heard from fans of Tales of the series that Berseria is the game to play if you're unsure if Tales is for you. I played 20 hours of it and bounced off pretty hard. Molly, you said you didn't like the battle system of Berseria, right? I did not end up liking it, no. Okay. Uh, it goes on to say this completely mediocre mechanically story wasn't enough to keep going through it. Still, I know Tales fans. I watch LPs of the other games. I can see why they would love Berseria since it refines these mechanics, whatever. Recently had the same sort of relationship with SMT. Soul Hackers 2 came out. Middling reception, but it's one of my top three SMT games, period. Uh, so what are games that you're a sicko for in this way? What are considering niche in their franchise or genre that you're like, this is the one that's got the juice? Do I even need to say it? Yeah. No. It doesn't count. <laughs> it's not niche. Say. I don't know what you're going to say. <laughs> it's not niche. 2009. 
Oh, yeah. never mind. I thought you were going to say Sekiro. No! <laughs> no, Sekiro would not count. But my I'm character does mind mids. count. Yes. <laughs> I'm, I'm talking mids! <laughs> Final Command 2009 is such a classic mid. Man, I should go back to my... I never finished it. I, I got to oh, one... the like, final area is really sick. Is it's the thing. really cool, yeah. I got halfway... Th there was one bit where you had to like swing through a bomb field, and it was just so that's fucking That's fucking annoying. half the game, Jackson. Yes. <laughs> yes, I know, but it was a particularly annoying bomb field, and I also was playing this a decade ago when I sucked at video games. Yeah. I can tell you I probably know exactly which bomb field you're talking about because it's over water, and it's a nightmare. Yes, yes, okay, yep. yes. Yeah, Money no, knows. I know which one you're talking about. <laughs> Uh, and also, yeah, it was a play a decade ago, and also it doesn't take much friction for me to go, I'll come back to that later and then simply not do that. Yeah, uh, um, yeah, it's extremely Bionic Commando 09 for me, and I guess spoilers for Journal Updated, it's probably gonna also be Dark Void by the end of when I'm done with that. Oh, Dark what Void seems like the worst game in the world to me. Every time I look at it, I'm like, this, this, I hate this. I hate I'm everything about it. I'm playing it, and I'm like, this is kind of sick, actually. I'm glad How you like you? it. Uh, I am flying around with the actual jetpack. Um... Yeah, but how how many hours in? I I did not count. Probably I th I feel like I'm halfway through this game. Okay, all right. Let's maybe look because I remember enjoying Dark Void for about ninety minutes and then just feeling it slowly peter out over the rest of the game. Well, ninety minutes, you don't even get the real jetpack. This was a decade ago. I don't remember exactly, but that was my that's my memory of this. They they hold off a really long time on giving it to you. Anyway, I will do a separate podcast about this. Yeah, no, no, I'm excited for that because like. Sick. My thing is, um, it doesn't matter if the cover's vertical. I don't like games where you take cover, period. I just know this about myself, so not yeah, for me. Yeah, I think that stuff is kind of fascinating, but... Yeah. No, I'm glad I'm glad someone likes it, because uh, it was a very unsuccessful game. <laughs> I remember yeah. it mostly because the giant bomb tried to make a meme out of it, and then none of them liked it, so they dropped that really quick. <laughs> I think that's probably why I've heard of it, even yeah. though I, I'm not as much of a giant bomb person as you guys were, but I was friends with giant bomb people, and like... Mm -hmm. Uh, I've heard people talk about Dark Void, uh, about how, like, man, they almost had it, and I'm playing it. I'm like, yeah, there is something here, for sure. Mm -hmm. uh, what's yours, Jackson? Uh, I mean, uh, you can listen to the podcast that came out last week. Oh, yeah, about Final Fantasy XIII. <laughs> Final Fantasy XIII, and the trilogy, and even within that trilogy, Lightning Returns is a fucking weird sicko game for, like, Shenmue time management bullshit that I loved. Um like that—that's a recursive answer. That both works on multiple levels for me. I think you're gonna say Stranger Paradise. That too, you know. Yeah. Many Final Fantasy games are this for me. Uh, um, would you call? Would you count Peace Walker as one of these? Nah, I like okay. it, but I'm not a sicko for it because I don't. I don't actually like the mission structure. I like the oh, story. But if I do, if I. I'm just not to a, a point. PSP. We like the mission of we like the story of Peace Walker to a point. Hard asterisk on that one. I like the first half story of Peace Walker before the. Well, stuff. Molly hasn't played it yet. Yeah, before um, the it's, latest. It's next on my list because you guys said I wasn't allowed to play any more five, so I play Peace Walker. Yes. 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 True. Um, that's 100 percent true. Uh, you don't have to play Peace Walker. You, there's a three-hour video of Peace Walker you can just watch. But I have. I would say so watch the Chip it. and Ironicus Let's Play instead oh, of playing Peace Walker. But I mean, I bought you... the HD collection. It's the last game on that disc I haven't played. On the Xbox? Yeah. Okay, maybe you tell me when you're gonna play Peace Walker. So, because I, I have never played the multiplayer missions with anyone, and I, I would love to try playing Peace Walker multiplayer one day. Yeah, we can have a shot. Hell yeah. Um, um I have a couple answers for this. Uh, classical answer, of course, is uh, Zelda Two: The Adventure of Link. Classic game. Oh I love. sure, yeah. Um. Uh, somehow Mario 3D Land, despite being the greatest Mario game ever made, Visit Mario 64, has become a weird forgotten entry of the Mario canon. It's because they didn't port it. Yeah, I know, but it's fucking good. Buy a 3DS, hack your 3DS, play Mario 3D Land. It's really good. Um, 
uh castlevania castlevania chronicles is a game i love uh that nobody's fucking played because it's a remake of the first castlevania um for the sharp x68000 but you get the PlayStation, play the PlayStation version play the uh you want the rearranged version the arranged version on that it's really good um mega man world 5 for the game boy that's another one mega man 6 in general a very uh oh, underappreciated yeah. mega man i'm also my mega man 6 playthrough just uh, being a weird victory lap after doing all of them yeah mega man 6 game. rules you didn't say the one i thought you were gonna say what do you think i was gonna say sonic forces oh sonic forces is great people should play sonic forces i never know what sonic people think about anything because uh, i don't really know yeah. sonic like i know people who are sonic fans but i don't know what sonic fans think ever because it seems like it changes every four months depending on who you ask uh, <laughs> that is true but generally speaking sonic fans don't like forces and normal people fucking hate forces so from both sides forces is not a everyone not i know a like, like either likes likes forces a lot or like appreciates things it's doing but wishes it was like a real video game and i'm a, I, I believe in both things the both things can be i would true. say like the most generous sonic reading is you normally towards that side of enjoying some of the aesthetics but being like why are there no level design in this game yeah um, and then whereas... you'd see the credits you're like oh i know why because there's more <laughs> fucking composers than there are people making the video game <laughs> so true um jacob writes in what are some games you think would be well suited to an arcade version bonus points for novel control schemes for example i think super hexagon and geometry wars are perfect for classic joystick button controls but a katamari game that uses a big bowling like bowling ball roller ball would be fun and short burst that would actually be sick as hell that would be really fun it would be literally like hell on your arms to play but i would play it it would yeah bit. it would be awful but it'd be so cool you'd have to kind of build the game around understanding it would be fatiguing that would have to kind of be the point right yeah I'm trying to th- think because i have never been like an arcade version person like i we didn't have an arcade in my town when i was growing up or like if we did i wasn't allowed to go to it so Mm. i've not played many arcades what if super hexagon was in like a spinning cabinet like you're in the center and you have to like turn the entire cabinet so you have to face the edge of the machine oh 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 like you're in the super hexagon yeah you're in the super hexagon (laughs) you sound so excited because to you super hexagon is like the it's not just a good video game it's it's like the, it's the perfect state of game. existential bliss yes. to you yeah super hexagon uh, is a perfect video game there's very few of them in the world but that is one of them uh it never gets better than that um and the idea of just being in it and like it makes you sick because it's just an assault on your senses is deeply appealing to me <laughs> I, I don't understand you sometimes <laughs> uh i was gonna say down well with like a big rudder Ooh. you have to like oh like it's got to be like slightly heavy and you can tilt it left and right uh same, oh that'd be really cool game but it has to be a really physical rudder you're switching left and right but like it just has a big button on it because you need the fire button yeah yeah, yeah. it's got it's just got like a big big uh big it's red like button on the top. it's like it's like holding like like a two-handed like sword pommel but the, there's like a thumb button like a joystick right yeah yes yes <laughs> that'd be sick that is sick uh that would be great i would love that <laughs> gaming yeah the closer you can get to an arcade machine just having one giant button on it, the better you're off you are, honestly. I don't know it's what true, the game though. is that just has one button. Like, just a huge button, you just slam the button with your hands. Uh, that has to already exist. It has to already exist, but I can't think of a game that's like that. Mm-hmm. Not a real game, mostly just like, you know, stop the light to get the prize. Yeah. Type I, yeah, I'm, I'm just slightly too young to be like a person with a lot of arcade opinions, so when I think of arcade games, I think of like dances revolution and all the bamani stuff right so that's yeah. arcade games to me maybe like sit down and play some like uh, driving games like mario kart or san francisco rush or some shit but 
Yeah, I think of arcade games, I'm thinking of Outrun 2 and Time Crisis. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Justice writes in, uh, talking about uh, this game lifting heavily from Celeste, talks about uh, Jedi Survivor level doing Celeste platforming. It has like the wind thing from like cliff level of Celeste. Uh, I was talking about uh, what our feelings are on like lifting from games. Uh, is it plagiarism or tri uh, tribute or is it normal part of making a video game? Where is the divide between theft and influence? If an indie game by a small studio is a massive success, does that make it more fair to take an idea from? I do think uh, it, if, if I think if the game is all like successful and everyone who made it has like made a bunch of money it does make it more fair to me i don't know yeah. uh, that does i mean, change I mean the, the, the thing is like everyone all art is uh, the things you yes. like regurgitated into a, another thing that you want to put in the world right that's just that's just human creation yes that is yeah. just true of how influence i guess so I, I would not it's not plagiarism to like take game mechanical ideas and repurpose them if it was we'd all be fucked like whenever I, a mechanic gets patented everyone is correctly mad about this yeah because uh, you shouldn't be able to do that um but uh like it, i do think it is different depend like there are definitely times when you can look at a game and be like man you know this indie game sold about five copies and now this other big game is getting a huge success uh but that's just like true of many things uh unfortunately there is no moral bent to who makes money that's just true in the world yeah uh, in fact i would say one might preclude the other a little bit sometimes <laughs> a little bit sometimes yeah yeah um but also it's a little more complicated um with uh these video games in that the people designing and making uh the prince of persia the lost crown are not getting rich off it eve's gilmo right, is getting the they're still having the ideas it. but it's not even like they're getting that money right yeah because well, they're contracted you, by ubisoft here's the thing if, if you're just like pure numbers um the makers of celeste are richer and that game has sold more than the lost crown ever will or it's game developers will ever see right yeah i mean yeah. maybe i don't actually know for sure i don't know the like, exact people who was in the game but i would say a like massive like indie success like that like the whole night guys probably doing better than the fucking lost crown guys right yes the hundreds yes. of subcontractors working at various ubisoft studios um i think it's a messier question uh than just as simple as like plagiarism or anything uh, yeah. ideally you would want things to be like good work and inventing mechanics is rewarded but that's just not how the that's not how anything works unfortunately yeah but also i just like when a game clearly wears its influence on its sleeve um Maybe this is because uh, we're a bunch of weebs who play a bunch of Japanese games and people are always kind of coy about talking about it. used to be really coy about talking about their influences because it was just not, it was considered a little ghost to admit <laughs> that you, you exist in the world. <laughs> Speaking of, like, so last month, did Lightning Returns watch the e3 promo for lightning returns in which toriyama comes out and is like this is a new genre that's never existed before it's called like world-centric design where the npcs all have routines and i'm like shemu it just say you start from shemu that's yeah. a normal thing everyone knows about that but they just have to sell it as like we've invented this brand new thing there's been one million games where npcs are based on schedules and routines yes actually uh yeah it's absolutely like you could say oh maybe it's because he means it's like the, the end of the world timer and stuff but like the things that differentiate it are so small that i'm like this is not a new thing you can't you're yeah. lying to everyone's face here it, and so when someone when, when lost mask exists like yeah what are yeah. you talking about when lost when lost crown's like here's a boss that just lifts from one of the coolest bosses in hollow knight here's hollow knight charms here's celeste strawberries i'm like yeah fucking i love those games too because i you played them i played them we like this genre the people who make this genre should like this genre it would be weird if they didn't yeah and you know what i want more of those things it's fun yeah, yeah. i want um, new celeste puzzles constantly 
Yeah. I need to play Celeste because I haven't played Celeste. I wonder if I'll like it as much as this because I know Celeste has less puzzle. I don't. I don't like Celeste as much as this game or a lot of other games in this light in this ilk. Yeah. But it's pretty good. I mean, I enjoyed Celeste. I like Celeste a lot. Uh, the the stuff where it gets like the B sides and the C sides, I'm like, no thank. Oh, it's you. too the hard. Base too game hard is too me. good for me. It's good yeah. enough for me. And even then, I was like, man, this is kind of. There's tough. a time in my life where I'd absolutely be like a, a B side so sicko. Like I, yeah. Because yeah. like I back in the day, I was like someone who like was getting all the achievements in Super Meat Boy. Like I used to care way more about hard platforming. Oh games um i i'm old now and i just enjoy finishing video games and playing new video games <laughs> yeah i mean the, i like all the celeste puzzles in this but i really like when there's like extra mechanics and swapper things in there uh, celeste so has like, a lot of like this stage has this weird mechanic that's only okay. in this stage sort of stuff i just wondered how much puzzle stuff is in celeste i thought it was mostly no, pure. no puzzles but a lot okay. there are a lot of bespoke mechanics but i would not right. describe celeste as a puzzle game yeah each right. each like uh area like there's like nine of them and they each have their own mechanic because, like, some of my favorite moments in Prince of Persia were, like, you know when you get to the big, um, uh, the, the astrology clock with the three things? Yeah. And there's three rooms, and each of them has a little, like, pink thing at the top that you have to activate. Oh, yes. yes. Um, and I went into all three of those rooms and went into every one and assumed, well, I can't do that now. I've got to do something. Like, I've clearly got to do something in the other room before I could even possibly think of doing that. But they're all solvable, like, with the mechanics we have at that time. Yes. And yeah, slowly I... figuring out what I could do and when I could clone myself to throw the thing up there. Oh, incredible yeah 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 i had the same exact thing i was like man there's no way i can do that i must need a second clone and then i started doing it i'm like wait wait i got it <laughs> yeah so i'm probably probably really enjoy celeste but the thing i it's the it's the puzzle like you know oh shit moments that i really like that i need to seek out some more um puzzle platformer type games mm -hmm. um mel writes in uh talking about this game has a farsi dub uh and was wondering if any of us played with it i did not i assume nobody else here I did, did either. Not, no. um nope. since my mom's from iran and it's her mother tongue it's something that excited me about the game upon finding that out um are there other games you think would benefit from similar foreign language dub options based on the setting um my thing with this is like i know that at the time everyone's like oh there's you could play metro and russian and then everyone who knew russian was like actually the fucking dub version of this sucks <laughs> um right and I'm always like a little hesitant to be like, oh, if it's if they do the uh, the native language version, it would obviously be the superior version because I don't speak those languages. I have no idea. At some level, I'm like, I'm just assuming things based on like level of presented exoticism to me as someone who only speaks English. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, I think if you play Ghost of Tsushima in the Japanese mode, uh, you um, should, I don't know, not be killed. That's too much. Say it. Nah, I'm not. I'm not having this strong an opinion about Ghost of Tsushima, uh, but I do think there's like a performative authenticity to a thing which isn't authentic, right? Like I'll play in the original language if that's the original language. Kurosawa um, mode. Sometimes I won't though. Like there's plenty of there's plenty of RPGs where I'm like I would rather have a dub version of this for multiple reasons, including uh, combat barks. Uh, I would like to know what they're saying because you're not going to put subtitles over the six thousand combat barks in this video yes. game. But I think there's two different like. Um, uh, approach from this like the question is specifically about a farsi dub for someone who speaks farsi right like yeah. it is a yeah uh, which, which is isn't any of us thing. i can't speak to that right like, yeah. like i appreciate but, but i do like, think this question is also like do you think it's good when they're, they're in a dub if it's a, the game is like lifting from a region if it has a dub for that region the way people were like oh metro's got the russian dub and you should the more authentic there's people who like played unity in french right who don't yes. speak french so i'm like this is corny this is a little corny to me yeah <laughs> i find that corny i like like um, I, you know, I also find that corny I, I would not ever want to do that if, it, if it's just also a different dub just by a different thing yeah um the only the, but, i think the only time I, I would do this oh go ahead 
is uh, there's one specific instance, which is uh, in the Pixel Remastered of Final Fantasy VI, they did the opera things, and the opera sounds like shit in English for no reason, for no and every reason. other language sounds fantastic. Yeah. Uh, but that's not really the, the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it's like I think it's good to have dubs and more games should get more dubs in more languages. But like, does the Farsi dub exist because of they wanted to put a game out in Farsi, right? Or because like the the Metro Russian version exists because that game is made by people of that region, right? Yes. Yeah. Um, based on a Russian book, there's an interest there. Um, how many games overall are getting Farsi dubs? Probably not that many. I don't know. Like you tell me. Know. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the th- the thing with like. The thing with Metro specifically is the a lot of game uh, dubs are suspect. Suspect um, what's the what's the term? Like, uh, I've completely forgotten the word. But they are tied down by what you subtitle, right? Yeah. Um, and if there are combat barks or like ambient dialogue that isn't translated, then that's information you're not getting that is intended to be understood. This is this is the this is the like my ire as a JRPG player. Please, if you've got a character saying stuff during battle, give me subtitles or give me a dub. Yes. Um, I, I think don't care if it's just like Thunder Fang, Thunder Fang. <laughs> Damn, I must be a genius, Triple Demon Fang. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that stuff is always like I need to I need to know the words in the combat box, please, because. Uh, they'll often just not subtitle that uh, which is occasionally funny in like w- when the japanese is simple enough that i understand it yeah it always makes me laugh because um but it's well, always like it's well. interesting like if you follow indie like if you've got an indie game that you're following like the blogs or whatever it's like oh it's really popular and suddenly it starts like slowly getting more like subtitles in different languages as they get more money to pay for them because this shit mm-hmm. is not cheap there's no. a lot of languages in the world and uh translation and localization are expensive it's a specialized field Yep, not getting better with uh, everyone trying to pivot to AI. Yeah. There's there's exactly one direction where the labor is cheap, and that's Japanese to English. Uh, but that's only because a bunch of weebs will pretend they know what they're doing. <laughs> um, yeah, I wouldn't even say that's, the labor's that cheap. I would say no. that there are some, like corners being cut by certain, certain people but there's, there's definitely people on message boards saying i could do this and then fail oh, yeah. miserably do this thing but they're not being hired by companies no, that's true uh all right um res writes in uh you've already probably covered how lost crown's a bit broken so here's a question for you what busted or badly optimized game have you powered through despite its problems uh my answer of course is i played launched ps3 skyrim to completion oh boy dragons fly backwards game crashes after half an hour you, you have a i have a timer when i start i must save before the game crashes right um i mean yeah also uh i i loved release new vegas and that game was busted um i don't i don't think that was uh ps3 skyrim busted but it was busted no but it was busted um i mean i love all those stupid games when they're i I love broken games. I love seeing shit. Like if my game is not crashing, I love seeing what dumb shit. I like watching people fall through the world. It's very funny to me. Uh, I I very much enjoy that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I don't do have that. any uh, good answers. I don't play broken games. I tend not to really, like I tend to play games, if they're modern games, if they've had like a couple years of patches, right? Yeah. Um, when I've played some busted games, like when I reviewed um, Dying Light 2 for launch, that game, not in a great state at launch it's also a bad game so i wouldn't play that now but i was definitely like oh right i don't play launch big games very often um oh 
Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. <laughs> that's fucking true. That's a good game. Holy that's, shit. That's a game I truly did not power through because I was like, I don't want to run through these bare ass environments ever. I, th- this bums me out. Like, I, I understand Pokemon's still good. It's fine. But like the world design was so dire to me. I was like, nah, I can't do this. I had a good time, but that game looks like shit and plays yeah. like shit. <laughs> Can I just be rude to the Nintendo Switch for a second? Because while yeah. uh, Scarlet Violet, thing to do. Scarlet Violet is uniquely terrible. Like, in it's why did Game Game Freak like why do they even approve that? Those poor guys over there. Uh, I have no idea what the Pokemon yeah, company is doing. Like, it's not like the devs don't know, right? They're probably not happy with this either. They got to get yeah, a no. fucking game out. Because <laughs> I, I generally like even the the controversial game design decisions i think like they're smart right the pokemon games are designed intentionally the stuff i really like in them uh but god damn that situation but yeah that game uniquely bad however i did play breath of the wild like last year um and even like looking into the distance in the open world game just seeing flat green texture on the hill i'm like yeah the switch cannot do this shit this one is doing its best and it's everyone's like favorite version of the aesthetic but uh just it's just not really there to do this level of open world shit i mean they can't even get fucking Link's awakening running at 60 like that game's just not stable it's it's ridiculous that shit ran on 60 on a game boy yeah (laughs) right what are you talking about man yeah I agree. <laughs> I hate the Switch, man. <laughs> Every time I, I pick too. that thing up, I'm like, yeah. what is no, this? I, like I said, I went when I went back to, to play another code, that game has a couple few, like a little bit of uh, motion control stuff. So I couldn't even use my Hori Switchpad Pro things because uh. they don't have gyros or rumble in them. So I had to use the Joy-Cons and I hadn't used Disgusting. the Joy-Cons in years. And I was like, this is literally the worst thing I've ever held in my hands. It's, they're awful. <laughs> All of our communist gamer cred going completely out the window as we just indulge in our most digital foundry tendencies over here. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the fucking switch rendering distance is shit, and I can barely look at it with my eyes. When I was, like, when I was playing Scarlet and Violet, I was playing it on an emulator because I got this new computer. I was playing, and I was playing it like at fucking 4K downres to 1440, and it, it like that part looked great. You can't fix the game design. The game design yeah. is bad. Uh, yeah, uh, except some of the things I do like it. Some of their solution, the 2D sandwich JPEGs incredible love That's, those yeah but oh, the yeah. part where yes. the part where every root is a fucking endless field of nothing can't be fixed right yes, no, yeah that it's part just is awful. A real bummer. um yeah i still like Colin Violet, but yes yeah i i had a good time but you're not wrong about any of that i mostly liked it because i collected some guys and then i had like a good story at the end i did love my little guys um nathan writes Makuhita, in my beloved so true. Uh, Nathan writes in, haven't played this. Um, I have a general question about Metroidvanias or whatever you prefer to call them. I am a Metroidvania, mostly to annoy the people who really don't like the the phrase. Uh, I don't really care. I, everyone knows what you're saying when you say it. So I use that term. I'm, I'm not like devoted to it. But uh, I often have a bit of a complicated relationship with this genre. On the one hand, I like a lot of the basic moment to moment gameplay. Platforming's fun. A lot of these games have solid combat mechanics. On the other hand, exploration tends to make me indulge in my worst tendencies. I test every wall to see if it's breakable. I spend time perfecting jumps to get every ledge is just out of reach, uh, which usually don't have anything and sometimes lead to secret breaking bugs and soft locks. And I farm low level enemies until I completely buy out shops. I don't really find anything's fun. However, I don't want to be caught by a part of the game that expects me to have more pickups than I do or miss out on interesting secrets. Is there anything you do in games that you know you shouldn't? Have you ever been able to break yourself with similar bad habits? So I don't do this with Metrovanias, but if you give me a, like an RPG and a bunch of hey, side Jackson, quests, have you ever used a Megalixer in your life? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't think a single time. I've ever, I don't genuinely. Hang on, have I? I might genuinely 
100% have never used a Mega Elixir despite playing about 6 million Final Fantasy games. Jackson, that might you actually must be free true. Yourself. I used to I be like you, it. and then I became, went the other way in my 30s, basically. I was like, but I, hoarding this stuff is stupid. I'm just going to use the shit. I might need it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I might need it. The thing about uh, playing that type of... I, I do the same thing with Metroidvanias, though. That's why my hour count is also a little, probably a little more inflated than it, it should be. Uh, is because I love to go back like when I get the new upgrade, and I'm like, well, technically, I know I'm not supposed to be able to get up there yet, but what if I can now? Uh, just stupid shit like that. And so, but I don't farm low-level enemies to buy out the shops. That's a little too far for me. That's too far. That's definitely... My thing is um, that... Uh, I tr I tend to just trust that the game design is built for a normal amount of play. I'm, I think I'm a fairly normal, slightly maybe better than normal player of these style of games. Um, and if I get if I get a hard wall, I'll go I'll go and do that stuff. But I'm going to just I tend to just play as efficiently as possible with the idea that the best time to go and get items is after I have all the movement abilities. <laughs> yeah, that's my thing with Metroidvania is, is I I like to get extra stuff, but in a game like this, I'll like hold on till I have more because. It's just not efficient to, to scour the entire map every time I get a new upgrade. Um, and yet, I'd rather here just... I am. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. I, I don't. I don't. I. Uh, I genuinely don't like spending my. I've played enough of these that like that actually um, harms my. Hurts my capacity to enjoy the genre, and so I just kind of tried to get over it. Um, especially the brickable wall stuff. I understand. Like, oh, can I get that jump? Oh, can I get the jump now? If the game has a good fast travel system, it's not hard to check. Um, if it has a good like checkpointing, so this game has. We didn't mention it has a great like. You can take a screenshot of the room you're in, basically, and pin it to the map, yes. and that's great. Um, that was really helpful because it did stop me from going back to a few rooms because I was like, no, that's not the upgrade I need yet. Yeah, um, but um like breakable walls i mean i think this game has relatively i usually i i almost never hit a wall where i thought it was breakable and then it wasn't i usually had a very good sense of which walls are going to be breakable i think they it's very satisfying well. when you get it right and i mostly yeah. got it right there were only a couple yeah. times i hit a wall and it was like oh no, i mean I okay. this is like i think it's like i think symphony of the night gets us really bad i think they're really bad about breakable walls and symphony of the night uh yeah they're just game random. <laughs> classic of the game classic of the genre but like the breakable walls in that game pain in the ass whereas this is much more like usually if you get to a rule like hang on this path isn't over and it's not right it's just yeah. there's like yeah. a little wall there they they're not like that they're not really like hiding secrets so much as they are just like extending the path a little bit yeah. maybe some people reach them and turn back but um i would imagine it would it would happen very rarely yeah with how they're deployed uh i used to be a magic hoarder in rpgs and an item hoarder and i i've deliberately tried to get over that in my adulthood um partially it's for re as i've replayed games and know what the limits are i've been using the uh, like abilities more and items more and then when i get into new games i take that energy like oh it's 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 fine to use the healing items sometimes there's more healing items it's not that big a deal yeah. very few games are built to like if you don't do this right you're gonna get totally hard walled and you can't ever progress um games are mostly developed for you to finish them i mean there's like exceptions obviously but <laughs> yes yeah uh a clock pressure is the one i struggle oh also remember remembering grenades exist any game with grenades i i never do that i fucking forget grenades exist every time oh, i, I love throwing grenades i love throwing grenades you can't i think it's just because i grenades. didn't grow up on shooters i never think about oh there's like a grenade button over here growing up I, on halo means i'm like yes I'm yeah. always <laughs> grenades because halo is like the game halo for grenades yeah. Halo gang, Halo gang. Yeah, the only shooter I had played until like my late teens was fucking Goldeneye. It doesn't have grenades in it, so. Yeah. 
No, I like you. You mean I could kill more than one guy with an explosion? Don't mind if I do. Oh, yeah. it's so satisfying when you get a grenade and a bunch of grunts in Halo. Yeah, oh, it's so and good. They just all go flying around. Yeah, it's great. And you stick an elite, beautiful stuff. And they get so uh, mad at you. <laughs> Antonio writes in, uh, one thing that stood out to me reading all the reviews of this game is how they pointed out how the story felt undercooked when most Metrovanias don't have a story at all. I personally find this a phenomenon of how we measure games interesting. Do you prefer a game with weak slash unfinished story or a game with no story at all? I don't think the story was Well, yeah, here's cooked. the thing is, I don't think the game in this... I think there's like... I think it's obvious that there were some cuts in the story as it goes on. Like, I'm like, this was probably a bigger idea originally and got like pared down as they designed the video game but i don't yeah. think that's it's bad for that's that. normal that's every video yes, game ever that's it's ever every released it's, it's just a matter of how obvious it is to the end user and i think in this mm-hmm. one it's kind of really obvious but i don't think that's a problem necessarily uh i also don't, i don't think it's like undercooked necessarily but i think that there is definitely an effect of the dialogue where i'm like this is so inspired by hades and specifically the like this dialogue will be four lines long, right? We're trying to, we are not trying to stop you in your tracks to have a bunch of dialogue. And yeah. so I do think it means that you get into this rhythm of dialogue is always a very short back and forth and then you move on. So like questions are answered and they're not resolved. Cause I, I feel like that's the thing that's like very clearly influenced by like the Hades style of like, you'll talk to four lines to this guy and then later you'll talk to four lines to that guy again when you find him next, right? Um, yeah. And it's more like piecing things together. I, I think there is a line between some things getting like cut and pared down, uh, as the game was in development and something where it's like intentionally clipped, I guess not undercooked, but like they're not giving you like exp- exposition in this game really. Yeah. There's only a few cutscenes, right? Like yeah. mostly it's like, Hey, uh, I'm the, I'm the old guy on the mountain. You need to do this thing. If you want to open the gate, you're like, okay, I'm going to do the thing. Yeah. I, I didn't, I think the story was fine. I didn't think it was intrusive really. Um, or yeah. undercooked. I was just like, that's a normal story, I guess. I don't know. It's <laughs> really weird. Cause react. like, I think, because I love RPGs and I love adventure games, I, I often value a story greatly, but there's plenty of genres where I'm like, the more story you have in this, the less I'm interested. A platformer is usually a big one of those. Like, I hate when a platformer stops to deliver me a, a, a cutscene. Like, oh, here's the Ori is a great example. Of this. I mean, I don't like Ori for a lot of reasons, but one of the things about Ori I don't like is the, these emotionally manipulative Pixar ass cutscenes in the middle of my game yes. about like double jumping. Like, what are you doing to me? I was trying uh, yeah. to bounce off that bomb, but thanks, I guess. <laughs> Oh, or he's like, hey, we're going to have the worst story in the universe for you. I'd like to do some platforming challenges, please. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I feel like both of us tend to be story moded in like RPGs or like narrative games, but we tend to be the exact opposite in any game where there's a jump button or a combat mechanic. Yes. And that we deeply resent not playing the damn video game sometimes. Yeah. You even got to sit here and like listen to this person talk for like three, like uh, every time I play Half-Life 2, I'm like, I have to sit in this room and listen to these two people talk back and forth. Let me fucking play the video game. Yeah. And this tends to be like, I think why both of us, I don't know how you feel, Molly, but like, I like a cutscene because you know what I can do with a cutscene? I can skip skip that shit. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I can look at my phone while the cutscene plays. <laughs> where's the Where's the fucking post? Video game cutscenes low key goated when looking at your phone is the vibe. Oh, uh, when I was playing when I was playing Iconoclast, I was like, if this game had voice acting, I could be looking at Twitter and listening to it and not watching the like reading these screens of people going back and forth, and I'd like it a lot more. Uh, it doesn't have the budget for that, obviously, and I don't think it make the game better, but it make my ability to like half pay attention to these cutscenes better. <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I. I, I I generally am fine with a game not having as much story because while I invest in my RPGs, if it's an action game, I'm like, just give me the game. And play the damn video game, please. Yeah, Which I'm here to swing a sword, man. 
I think like it's possible to invest in things with like almost no story at all, right? Like that's not hard. Uh, people do that all the time. Yeah. I mean, I, I know like, in the modern era that's gotten weird because a lot of games don't have necessarily dense stories, but have a lot of lore that like I like Hollow Knight. I didn't need to know the lore of Hollow Knight to like Hollow Knight. I liked Hollow Knight because like a little guy hums when you come up to the like map maker and then you right. all you know, that's a map, whatever. And then you learn all the lore. And I'm like, well, it's nice to know, I guess but I don't really care about it. Yeah, um, I didn't really care about the fall of Hollow Nest. I'll be yeah, honest with you. But man. like I like Kirby too. Kirby doesn't have lore. Or, like the story's the same every time. There's a cute thing. It turns out the cute thing is a weird space demon and then you kill it. <laughs> the end. Kirby. <laughs> Love it. I'm very invested in the story of Kirby or the ideas around a Kirby thing aesthetically, even though it has like no story. And that's fine. Die. Yeah. Uh, but I guess like, I mean, we're being a bit rude in that these are our proclivities, but also uh, selfishly, I would like it if, if I just loved the story the whole time. I would love to just love the story. I, you could just make Sonic Adventure 2. Uh, you can just make yeah, the perfect thing. But I genuinely don't, I don't think if the best story in the world was attached to a, a like a fucking platformer like attached to a new castlevania uh fundamentally i'd rather just be playing the castlevania than watching that story play out mm -hmm. i think yeah. it just depends game to game though depends what you're invested in and how it's presented i can't think of a single like jumping around platforming game where i'm like oh the story was worth was like better than not playing the video game or you That's know just said sonic adventure 2 yeah it's kind of different what makes even, it different in three? Even Sonic Adventure Two goes on a little long sometimes. You got you got to play as Tails every once in a while. And you're like, <laughs> that's true. But if it didn't have the story, it wouldn't be the greatest thing in the world when Super Sonic and Hyper Shadow come out and they fight the worst. That boss fight is bad, and yet yeah. it's one of the best boss fights in video games. It sucks ass. No one's like, oh, I love the design of the Biohazard Ultimate Weapon. No one's uh, ever said people, that. But, but if you're like Biolizard in Sonic uh, the Movie 3, I'm like, well, I'll watch that on YouTube. I'm not going to pay money to see it, <laughs> but I will go watch the cutscene. I'm just saying there is uh, definitely I can go either way on this answer in a way that my, a game developer would not be wrong to find rude of me. Sure. But like what a good story is, is a different thing to every person. And I think a yes. lot of video game stories that are considered good are things I don't necessarily like. And yet I will show up for GRPG generic story number six every time. That's, that's yeah. true. If I, yeah. I mean, yeah, the thing I, I dislike the most is the forced, like slow narrative, like interactive sections. Yeah. Um, I don't want to slow walk as I'm holding a hand to my ear ever in a video game to get that no. shit out of video games famous God of War 2018 haters both of us right like 80% yeah. of the video game is slowly walking through what could have been a fucking cutscene you don't actually play the game and then when you play the game oh, it's the bad one, the one I think about is the uh, X-Men Origins Wolverine where in the middle of fucking <laughs> leaping helicopters downing them he's like oh I gotta get this report over the radio <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think of the slow walking in Arkham Arkham Asylum where he's like, hello, I'm Batman. Let me slow walk with my arm <laughs> to my so ear. And I'm like, feel fucking Batman. What are you doing? Oh, we're going we're to do the fucking Half-Life for the first 20 minutes of this video game. It's cute the first time, but I got to play this game again because uh, I want to play it. And I got to go through this again. You kidding me? Get out of here. Yeah. Uh, I, when I'm playing the video game, I want to be playing with the proper mechanics. And then when there's a story, I would like it to be preferably good. But if not good, at least skippable. So on any repeat playthroughs, I don't have to like force myself to engage. Yeah. Uh, Jasper writes in, what's a game you think feels good to move in? Not even like jumping or movement tech or traversing stuff. Doesn't even have to be a game about moving, just a, a game about movement, just a game where it feels good to push the stick in a direction. Uh, other, also, what's a game you think is otherwise good, but you're moving sucks. Every RPG ever made. Nah, I don't know about that. Many RPGs. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. 
Uh, I I mean, it's it's obvious because the game is all about movement. But uh, Mario 64, that little yeah. guy comes out, you run around a circle. You're like, fuck, man, video games have changed. <laughs> yes. I mean, Mario 64 is just like they nailed it first time. Yeah. And then they're like, it's like, I don't feel that way about Ocarina of Time. I don't think Link running no, around Ocarina, Ocarina of Time, time feels good, right? <laughs> Ocarina of Time, I was about to say for the bad one. I was about to say, you yeah. know, Ocarina of Time, I'd like the game finally came around on it, but I don't think the movement is necessarily that great. No, yeah. it's not very good. Uh, yeah. Whereas, yeah, Mario 64, they nailed it first time. That's true. Skate 2. Uh, yeah, Skate 2 is great. Or Skate 1, I guess, but this yeah. is good skate game. It feels good to skate and skate. It true does thing. feel good to skate and skate. That is correct. That's so true. <laughs> uh, I mean, I have a bunch of stuff I've already mentioned. I I love moving in Bionic Commando 09. That game's great to move in. You're swinging around. It's great. I know the question said not movement-focused games, but like those are the games I prefer those to move in. <laughs> all, all, so... game, all games with movement are movement-focused games on some level to me, but yeah. Death Stranding is one of the worst games of history, but I love walking around in that shit. Oh, speaking of a game, oh, the that's a game I wish I could just walk around in, but I had to fight, uh, hide from guys and fight guys. I was like, I'm deleting this. I can't play this. Yeah, game. the part where you're walking around is incredible. Everything else sucks. <laughs> oh, I got to listen to all of the "Hey Sam, it's Die Hardman." Blah blah blah. Yeah, no, <laughs> extremely. <laughs> Sam, we must connect America. <laughs> Sam, deliver this wife, <laughs> please. My mail order bride is ready. God. Um, and then did we get it? Oh yeah, we had one more email. Uh, Jen writes in, in the back half of Lost Crown, we found ourselves turning down enemy damage output to get through some of the tougher bosses, partially down to boss day patterns. But in some games, you simply find ourselves whisking the back half was easier than the front half. Do any of you have the tendency to bump difficulty down half of the game? Uh, what are your breaking points that make you reach for difficulty settings or cheats? Uh, I mean, I can't like give a universal rule. It depends on my like mindset at the time. Yeah. Um, but generally speaking, I'm I'm fine doing it if a game has too annoying, uh, like it, the difficulty is getting too annoying in ways I don't find it interesting, mm-hmm. uh, and um, also if I'm like invested in the story, right? If I'm like I don't I could master this boss fight, but I want to like have the momentum. Stopping for ninety minutes to do it will like ruin the momentum of the thing I'm enjoying. Um, that's happened to me in lost crown i was like i want to finish this game today i'm going to turn down the boss damage or the enemy damage to like to like point one and then basically be invincible for the stupid boss i don't like yeah i just I don't do easy. this super often i most of the time i can usually handle it but there are video ga- most of the time it's the video games where i can't turn down the difficulty where i really wish i could turn down the difficulty yeah um, uh, yeah, I go back and forth. There's some games that like I, I just play normally. There's some games that I just automatically turn to easy. Like when I'm playing Rebirth, that's going to be uneasy. I played Remake uneasy. I'm not here for... I don't like... I think the combat's tedious. I don't want to engage with it. As, as much as I can avoid it, I will. Well, yeah. I mean, I think the difference is for us, we generally know the kind of things we like. I don't know if I'm going to play a game from easy from the off, usually. Yeah. Uh, the Prince of Persia, me shifting to it was purely a case of like oh this combat design didn't yeah, have i played i played i played with uh i had the guided mode on because when i first played i got i got into the depths earlier than you're supposed to and i had i like got i hit a save point and then couldn't find my way out without like huge amounts of damage i was like i'm gonna reload yeah. uh play the first hour again and uh turn on guided mode which only just puts like a story beacon of like here's where the next cutscene is which uh doesn't help as much as you think in that game <laughs> yeah the guided mode is actually less intrusive than i expected yeah I, I do think that's part of the reason I finished in like nine and a half hours, though. Yeah, yeah. I, I I only use it very occasionally. 
I don't mean to be like this, but I, I generally simply handle it. Yeah, I um I go back and forth like I, like every shooter I usually play. I don't usually play on the easiest. But if they if there's like five difficulty modes, I'll play on like level two, and the game defaults to three. Right? I'm yeah. just not. I like a game a little easier. I'm 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 busy, and I don't right. like to spend a lot of time on my video anybody. games. Yeah, uh, I feel like I tend to prefer like harder stuff than them in that like I usually enjoy an annoying combat, like mastering an annoying combat system. Yeah, uh, a little more. Yeah, this is the, the difference between you and me is like I, yeah, I'm playing. I played Prince of Persia. I'm playing original Prince of Persia. I'm playing Tomb Raider. That I want my challenge to come from like movement stuff and not fight a guy. Yeah, that's why I was fine yeah. ultimately turning it down. And this one is because it didn't actually affect my like mastery of the platforming mechanics. Really? Yeah. Uh, that difficulty was entirely independent of the like damage modifiers. Yeah. Uh, you and can't that turn spikes off. You can turn off how much damage they do, but you still got to get through the spikes. Yeah. In retrospect, yeah. I should have turned off the spike damage because that stuff made me mad. Yeah, because there was definitely a time where I was stuck in a room and I just had failed it too much that I would then have to like go back. To yes, the, I would have to go to the heal. tree and the, yes, yeah. It's, and it's like, well, all I'm doing is getting back to the room to keep trying the thing and stuff like that. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm somewhere between M and Molly because M will just. If you're playing a CRPG, you're not even you're not even like gonna turn on the combat. I don't want to play combat. I don't want to play fucking yeah, Baldur's Gate combat. Get out of here! I'm cheating that out. <laughs> Uh, whereas I'll usually give the mechanics a little bit more of a, uh, a runway than you, um, but not as much as Molly. I'm here to finish video games. Yeah, I, I recognize on some of them a bit of a content tourist, but I think that's a totally valid way to enjoy video games. Whatever. Absolutely. It's always fun to like content your way, like content tourist your way through a video game, and then watch a speed run of someone who's really good at it, and be like, man, there's so much stuff here I just didn't have to engage with, and it's. It, I always appreciate the game more for it, but I don't have to do it myself. There's many ways to play video games. Yeah, and I mean, you're not like that in platformers, right? Like, you have your genres, but you're well, yeah, the same Yeah, I have game. my genres. That and rhythm games, you know, I fucking love a rhythm game. Make it mm. hard, I don't care. Yeah. But yeah, that's us, gaming. Yeah. Uh, I think that's all the emails. So, thanks everyone who wrote in. Again, abnormalmappingpodcast at gmail.com. Next month, we are playing Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The whole goddamn that's thing. That's the tree. Please look uh, forward to that. Yeah. Um... As you might expect, we expect you to have played 7 and 7 Remake. Those will be talked about at length. Yeah, I just assume Final Fantasy spoilers throughout. Yeah. As always. If Jackson yeah, brings up any of the stupid books, uh, they're fired. So I'm, I might mention some of them, but we don't know what's going to be in there. We just don't know. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that's the plan. I mean, well, it's, that's happening. I don't know if we're going to have any guests or anything for that. Uh, none announced. We have friends who might play it. You know, everyone's. Uh... Yes, we don't have any secret plans. No one's been cooled. We just have like, if someone plays it, we'll might DM. Like, yeah, I, like, <laughs> I just know that like when you did the first one, Austin was on. I, there's no we have not communicated. We were like, hey, if you play this, you can come on. But Austin is not. We have not talked to Austin about it in weeks. Months. I've just I've just laughed so hard that Austin's been our Final Fantasy correspondent despite not being yeah. a final fantasy guy yeah. even slightly it just makes me, i don't think <laughs> i don't actually me. don't think austin's gonna be playing this one at launch so he probably will not be on or anything i remember yes talking to him being like you don't care you're here for the real shit you're here for dragon's dogma 2 right after really oh, fucking yeah. obliterates caring about that if you're a dragon's dogma sicko i, I feel like there's just a certain genre of person for whom uh rebirth is just in a weird release spot gonna get yeah. absolutely tidal wave destroyed by a uh, dragon's dogma yeah and that's Dia also. <laughs> Dia also, yes. Molly, you're that person too, right? Uh, yeah, but I'm not even. I rebirth is just not even on my radar. Yeah, no. I, Did I you play figured. part one? You're not. I feel like you're not really a. 
Um, I started it, and then it was the slowest game in history, and I was like, I'm good, actually. They really do want to make you talk to every single guy before you can do another fucking fight. They truly slow you down in that game. Yeah, like, I finished the opening part, and I was, like, doing the boss fight. I'm like, oh, okay, cool. And then I had to talk to every single (laughs) person in town before I was allowed to game again, and I was like, actually, I don't give a fuck about this game. That's my... That that is a big disappointment I have with uh, Remake is that, like, hey, when I play Kingdom Hearts 2, there's a lot of slow-ass cutscenes in that and I can skip every single one of them, but they put all of that in walking segments. In a they remake. have the slow walk in <laughs> Remake. You have to slow walk all the way down from the train station to the slums and you have to talk to every single vendor in the slums. Yeah, I'm like, no, 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 I'm good. That's okay. Oh, um, yeah. But yeah, it'll probably just be us too. I'm 99% sure it's going to be us too, so... Yeah. Look forward uh, to the gaming. And then we'll play something old. I don't know what yet. We haven't even talked about it, but we'll we yeah, not no play new a new game games for, a for a couple months. Yeah. Um, anyway, Molly, where can people find you? You can find me at audioentropy.com. Uh, main two podcasts I'm doing these days, well, besides the journal, obviously, is a monthly podcast, but I, every week we do Totally Reprise, which is currently covering Columbo. I'm um, having a pretty good time with that. But there's, there's been some bangers uh, recently because that show is really up and down. Um, the other show I do over on Audio Entropy is Idle on Playtest, uh, which is an actual play podcast where uh, my friend Luke and I, we wrote a tabletop game and we are playtesting it through an actual play. Uh, I think it's really good. You should listen to it, uh, subscribe to it, and such. But that's the main stuff. Jackson and I will maybe do an Amory score one day. Maybe. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not Never. that... Uh, Never. Maybe. There's only one... There's only, like, one more album, so... I guess there is only one more album. Well, technically two, but two, you know. yeah. But we, well, one day, one day in the future. Hey, where's if the they new release album? those comics? If they release those comics, we'll cover them. But we'll I don't cover know. Those comics. I don't know where the fuck they are. What's going on, guys? Yeah. Uh, Jack, where can people find you? You can find me at Headfuls Off on Twitter.com and co-host and Blue Sky. You can find the podcast we do at normapping.com. Please go listen to them. I think we have put out some good ones lately. Yeah. Oh I- yeah. I guess I forgot to say at your friend Molly on Twitter. That, that's also part of it that's true uh you can find me on twitter at em underscore being if you'd like to support our podcast you can do that patreon.com slash normal mapping uh for one dollar a month you get the great gundam project we're watching gundam double o and rose of Versailles. for five dollars you get uh blockbusters we recently watched big we're watching stargate next month um i'm also playing final Fantasy tactics i'm in chapter four i've been grinding some getting orlando leveled up so he can be good at things which is nice um Look forward to that. At $10, you get VoIP Life, where we endeavor to talk, not talk about Final Fantasy. Haven't won yet. Um, most recently, Jackson gave me a great quiz on PS3 and 360 JRPG battle screens, and I had to guess what game it was from the battle screen. That was that genuinely was one of the better VoIPs for me. I love it. I haven't I was... listened to that podcast yet, but I looked at the quiz, and it's going to be good. <laughs> do you know? Hang on. Molly, do you know any of them? Uh, I, I know a couple of them. I would, I looked at them, and I was like, I'm like three for like 18. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, uh, unfortunately, one of them I did know was Eternal Sonata, which I hate myself for, but here There you go. Are. Yeah. No. Like a classic moment. Everyone remembers Eternal Sonata. I think I did better on that quiz than anyone would have expected. <laughs> you did pretty well on the quiz, considering. Yeah. Um, um, there were games you hadn't even heard of on that, and this is your hole. Um, my hole to know about, but not to play. <laughs> I don't yeah, have no, actually played true. anything yet. I just know about games from that era. 
Um, also, if you go to youtube.com uh, slash at Dia I think that's what it is. Um, me and Dia recently finished MTV's Club Dead, which was a great FMV, weird mystery, cyberpunk, I don't know, a mess. It was fun. We had a good time. It was five episodes. But we're currently playing Boku no Natsu Yatsumi 2, uh, My Summer Vacation 2, the PS2 game, which recently got an English version. Um, fucking look forward to that because uh, maybe one of the games I've most looked forward to playing in my entire life and getting to play with Dia is very exciting to me. Yeah. Hell yeah, dude. Yeah. Um, we we didn't even get out of the house the first episode. We were just looking around and talking <laughs> about the house. Classic. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that, that'll probably have an episode two out by the time this goes up and episode three will be coming in a couple days. So um, look Love forward to, to that. It. Yeah. Uh, thanks everybody. Thank you, Molly, for coming through. Of course. Uh, if people like the episode, uh, rate, review it on iTunes, retweet it, uh, put it on co-host because we don't use co-host things like I that. I use co-host a lot. Well, you put it on co-host, Molly. I'm up on uh, there. Uh, yeah, if I think about it. Okay, I appreciate it. Uh, I won't know if you did it or not, but I appreciate it if you did. Um, anyway, uh, that's everything. Uh, we don't have an outro for this podcast, so goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Hi, editing M here. One last thing before we go, real quick. Um, as of Wednesday, when I'm recording this, Jackson's like 60 hours into rebirth and um, isn't close to done, uh, which presents a weird problem where, well, I'm not going to do much of the open world stuff, but maybe that game's actually really longer than we ever anticipated. So uh, we still intend to do it as our next game, but if it gets to be two weeks plus into, Feb into March and I'm not uh, near the end, um, maybe we'll pull an audible and do something short and push it another month. Just we'll let you know that that's in the possibility space of what we might be doing. Um, I'm just tagging this on at the end here before the music hits, uh, to let you know, uh, I want to get it done cause I don't want to spend two months playing Final Fantasy seven rebirth, but I also have a, a day job and a lot of extra stuff going on in my life. And I can't, uh, just throw myself at a game with the zeal that Jackson does. Um, look forward to whatever they writing about that game. Um, you know, reviews have already hit. Uh, I don't know what the reviews say yet because it's Wednesday, but uh, by Jackson's account, that game sounds pretty cool. I'm excited to mess around with it. Final Fantasy VII, maybe you heard of it. Anyway, thanks everybody once again. I hope you enjoyed this episode, and we'll see you on the other side. Goodbye. Goodbye.